One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Whitecaps world. Boy, I, don't, I, I can't even try to be impressive there. Uh, yeah, let's just get into it. You're listening to There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. We are broadcasting live from the CITR FM studios at the University of British Columbia on the unceded Muscum territory. If you're listening to the podcast, this is episode 349. My name is Steve Pander. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And I'm Gideon Hill. What a week to return to the show. We had last week off because uh, of Canada Day. Um, also, some stuff going on with Michael. We'll talk about that later. Seemed like the Whitecaps were playing through an aftershock on that pitch. We, there were, there's were. there been earthquakes in California last week. Yeah. It seemed like the Whitecaps didn't recover from theirs. Because they were, they were there for one of them, I think. It was it was pretty terrible. Yeah, it was horrendous. Uh, the, what, el- what else can you say about it? It was 6-1. 6-1 loss to the league-leading LAFC. Not a great way to... <laughs> the Whitecaps themselves like to mention that in the, yeah. <laughs> the description of the loss. Yeah. The biggest question really is, is after that performance, is An- Ali Adnan and his agent looking for an out cause in their contract? It's just uh, one game, right? It's just one game, <laughs> but it was pretty bad. Were you, uh, we would have been used to it last year because it happened quite often this last year. This is the first time they last lost. Year, no, it happened like twice, right? Two or three well, times. Like SKC game. No, I'm just sure. not. Not maybe yeah, not a five. Might, maybe not a five goal loss, but they lost by two goals or three goals or four goals. It was always losing by like multiple goals. This will be a shorter show this week because normally we do <laughs> good, bad, and ugly, and I think think there's nothing really talk about the good or the bad. It may be a little <laughs> bit here and there, but we'll see. It's gonna be ugly. It was all ugly. Yeah. Um, let Let's talk about your, what, what were you guys' first impressions of the game itself? Like, obviously, it's not very good impressions, but what were they? Well, I didn't. Did you watch it? Li- I didn't watch it live, so yeah, I, I watched I feel it gra- live. I feel grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, but you had to watch it, knowing what the result was, and seeing all this that was happening. Yeah, that makes it easier, though. Is it? Oh, for yeah. me, what hurt? Yeah, no. Well, uh, I wasn't invested. I wasn't. Yeah, it's I didn't, true. I didn't care as much. No, it, w- it was. Yeah, so I, I was at a, I was at a function, and I got a message from someone. Uh, and they didn't mention the score. I just knew, <laughs> I knew it was bad. Just expletives. Uh, no, just you know, disappointment, the you know, apathy, you know, and uh, 
So I then I then I looked out looked things up and I saw oh six one. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like Zach mentioned. I, I was watching the game live, but maybe didn't prefer to watch it live considering the result. But I think it's one of those things where you don't know what's going to happen. I think Whitecaps had a good first few minutes, and then after the rain a goal, uh, you know, lucky to get a goal, but just kind of you know speaks for itself. Tailed off a little bit and couple of mistakes the back post off set pieces really cost them yeah that arena goal the arena goal was really lucky yeah that i mean it was a good ball forward if you watch it back the ball forward i think from levi's or Arise was was a you know a good idea to get in behind but i don't know what cisniega is doing there and yakovic yeah. as well yeah, the, the ball was fine well, yakovic was slowing up because he thought the goalie was coming for it uh, clearly there but i i I don't know what Sisniega shouldn't have been going for. He should have not given that impression that he was going to be able to get there. I've seen that a couple of times this year with the rain. I think he scored one like that in Chicago. So he's been lucky with his finishes this season. But yeah, but his performance out of the majority of Whitecaps, I'd say maybe two of them really performed well. And that Reyna was definitely one of them. He wasn't giving up even at, you know, down four goals or five goals. So if there was two, he Reyna would have to have been second because Maxime had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> He, I mean that that I mean the first half alone, he made like so many huge saves. It seemed like he and Mark Anthony had a little thing going on because he denied him point blank a couple times. So, yeah, and the thing is, he had like a what a couple weeks off or whatever, three weeks off from actual gameplay. So he really got his money's worth in that game. Uh, I think he made nine saves. Let's get to uh, like we said. At least the first five minutes were pretty good. Was there any belief at that point, or is it scary that the goal came too early? Like a lot of people on Twitter said that was too early for the Russell Beresford mentioned that that's way too early to score. No, I, well, I think I said this, I think I said this to you, Steve. I, I, for me, I felt a little bit like LA was uh, the goats. LAFC, they were. It felt like they really wanted to like stick it to the Whitecaps after the game here. Yeah, like you remember how mad Bob Bradley was after that game. Yeah, how much they hated the turf. Yeah, how much they said the turf, uh, the quality of the turf de- degenerated over the over the years since they had played here last. And y- there was so much frustration from them after that game. It felt like they really set out to prove a point to really lay a beating on the Whitecaps. Well, I don't know if it, you know that game set them off, but they kind of went on the run where they've just been so dominant. I think playing the, the Whitecaps really kind of didn't kickstart them, but they they kept what they've been playing, you know, playing well and and kind of just stuck it to the Caps, as Zach mentioned. And scoring eleven goals in two game is uh, is a, a very good feat, I think. Yeah, establishing <laughs> themselves as the kind of immortal. Not they're not going to be immortals, but they're. In- no, invincible is the term when you're undefeated, right, or something like that. That's sure. what Arsenal was called. Uh, but they are they are like one of the top teams. Yeah, this, that was the, the eleven goals. It was five nil, five five one, five one against, against SKC on the was on, it, away on yep. the Wednesday. Yes, yep. no, it was Thursday, wasn't it? It was like three days in between games. They played Thursday. Would have been Wednesday. It would have been Wednesday. Yeah. Really? Okay, because yeah. yeah, the game was close. Saturday. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so interesting note about that. <laughs> this is a small thing that. Um, uh, they they did uh, take a uh, charter plane uh, back from Kansas did. City to L.A. And yeah. the only reason I know that is because I appreciate Jordan Harvey and Stephen Betasher, and I listened to their their little, their little podcast, which they made a record. They recorded the entire thing on the charter, on the charter plane <laughs> back, back to uh, back to L.A. 
it, it, you know, it would like we said before, Maxim Kripo, if it would have been a lot worse, he made nine saves, but eventually the own goal by Andy Rose got one by him. And then Diamande scored just before the half to put the goat zombies up by one. Um, um, at that point, you know, <laughs> the, the Whitecaps put out a tweet at halftime, still in it. <laughs> Mark Anthony came must have seen that because a minute in, he scored a goal. And then uh, deflected shot by Vela, 66 goal by Rossi, except this one actually went in. Um, you know what I'm talking about, Zach, there. Um, and an easy header by Vela, who be- basically just stood there. Rose tried to get to the ball, but Vela just stood there and just bopped it over everybody into the net. So that was basically it. N- nothing really more to say about those goals. No, and like... Uh, but the thing is, those some of those goals were lucky goals. Like, but the thing is, uh, uh, Crepo kept out the ones that should have gone in, it seemed like, except for the Mark Anthony K one and the Diamandi one. But so there was the deflected shot. There was a shot off a crossbar. So there were lucky goals, but uh, they thoroughly uh, deserved those those goals that they did get. No, but Gideon said it too. Like, I think both the first two goals, even though they weren't being totally ha- – I mean, they were playing out, being outplayed for sure then, but they weren't being hammered then. Both those goals – are, were from really poor marking on set pieces. Yeah. Which uh, the coaching staff must have just been going even crazy at that point. Yeah. That they couldn't get that right. Uh, I mean, you you heard it in MDS after the game. Like, well, we're going to hear about it yeah, right now. Right? How, so, how angry he was. So, yeah, definitely the, the, he's not going to be saying that he deserved this one or they deserved a result out of this one. So let's hear from MDS after the LFC goal, interviewed by Mr. Whitecap. Okay, obviously difficult result tonight. Just uh, thoughts on well, a game where we were dominated, all game. Um, LAFC was much stronger, better pressure, a lot of possession, um, grabbed us by the throat pretty much, and that's the reality of it. I think that the first 25 minutes, when we weren't able to, when uh, we didn't break as a team, as a unit, we got a goal in a counterattack situation, uh, then we're up, and then we concede two goals that usually we... We do a very good job at defending corner kicks and um, two goals in corner kicks, two one at half, and then we're 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 down in the score and we decide to open a little bit more. Uh, we don't we take a center back off uh, to to put him in the midfield because we know that Andy could play those two roles, uh, try to get the tie. But I think uh, goal, uh, Mark's goal um, was very early in the half and then mentally. It just became very difficult for us. Uh, you know, I have to give credit for everything that LAFC did today. And uh, they des- the same way we deserve to win the game in Vancouver, they totally deserve to win the game today. Was the approach to get them on the counter tonight? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, we wanted to, to exploit situations with Lucas and, and Jordi in behind. Um, but the problem is that we, we weren't able to get um, quality balls and get out of pressure in the right way so everything became a little bit too direct so look it was a, it's a game to forget because from A to Z apart from a couple of spots defensively that we had in the first half it was a, a game that was a, very unsuccessful for us you, uh, throughout the season the team hasn't uh, lost by more than one goal outside of one what do you we lost a game. It was a game against a team that is by far, for, for in my opinion, the best team in the league. A uh, team that just won 5-1 in Kansas City. 
Um, so we have to react. We have the opportunity now uh, Wednesday in another competition that's important for us. Uh, and we'll be ready for it for sure. How important is it to change it around and bring everything? They're very important, you know, there's days like that. This is a day that everything is wrong. Um, we, we're not in our game. We, we have a tough time. Also credit to LAFC uh, for their work and what they did against us. And uh, when you're in a position like that, now you have to react. I think the guys are, are strong enough and they're going to show up on Wednesday. So that was Mark DeSantos there. Um, obviously very honest there with his opinion on the game, uh, thoroughly dominated. Um, is there anything to take away from this one or you just forget it, chalk it up to Voldemort getting his revenge for the first loss of the season? <laughs> anything there? <laughs> oh, Steve. Uh, no, I think it's, they're the best team in the league. Yeah. It's just domin- just coming in in... in just trying to hold on as much as possible. And they did hold on for 35 minutes at least. They have better players, Steve. Yeah. Remember last well, year when the Whitecaps went into Atlanta, I think they were leading at the time, and it was like a 4-1 four, four game, something like that. So yeah. the Whitecaps, you know, haven't played well against the top team league. Let's face it, I don't think anyone has this season. So, um, Well, they beat them. They beat them. Earlier <laughs> in the year. In Colorado. The last, you know, Colorado beat years, them so. recently too. Yeah. I'm so, not sure if that was in L.A. or that it was, was in Colorado. Yeah, it was in Colorado. Yeah. So they haven't lost at all at home. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, you, you talk about they're the better team. Is there anybody that was on, would be on the Whitecaps that would be able to make that team? The, the LAFC team? Maybe Ali Adnan. Other than that, maybe nobody else? You choose him over Jordan Harvey? Yeah, I would. <laughs> or the other guy who played. Uh, I, well, I mean, right now, like on this form? Like, exactly. Like basically, On this you, form, obviously not. Yeah. So the, 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 you, can't, you can't expect them to do anything. Well, no, right. sorry. Sorry. Maxime. Maxime. Maxime Kerbo? Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely yeah. after that first goal. <laughs> was there a lack of courage in the way they played? Or were they right to be scurred, basically, considering the LAFC had the potential to be the, has the mo- potential to be the most dominant team in MLS? Like 11 goals, like we said before, in, you know, four days or whatever, within four days. Yeah, and, week. and watching the game back, you've seen numerous times this year how Vela likes to play. He likes to cut in that, cut down the right wing, cut in the left foot. On his goal, the first goal he scored that was deflected, the Whitecaps were right on him. They got in the way of his shot. Teams haven't really been able to do that, which is his goal was deflected, his first one. So in that sense, that was one takeaway I, I thought of the defending of the goals that they were they knew Vela's game plan. They knew the way they liked to play through him and Rossi at wide cutting in. So that was a positive for me. But other than that, it's you know hard to draw positives from a, a 6-1 defeat sack. Yeah, if you, if, Steve, it feels like they... They just didn't. They they weren't able to execute anything, right? Uh, or they weren't able to execute their 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 game plan. You even heard the question there about were you trying to get them on the counter, right? Like it was like nothing was clicking. Nothing was nothing was working. And I I like, I don't know. Would I didn't totally feel like they totally like gave up as a team, like threw in the towel. But they were just. It was like a master class, right? Like they yeah. were just. I mean, at some point you have to, you have to, I mean, you have to talk, they're the best team in the league for a reason, right? Well, I don't want to talk about it too much because Luke Wildman and Steve Colville talked about right. it plenty during the game. No, but they're spending so much more money on yeah. their squad. I mean, we'll talk about that when we talk about Ali Adnan, yeah. but like it, 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 this is not rocket science. Yeah. yeah. And you, Zach says, you know, they didn't give up, but you look at the first two goals, maybe poorly defended the rest, like just, 
unlucky, a couple deflected goals, the one that went off uh, Crapo right to the head of Vela. Like, you can't, you know, do a whole lot about that. But. Like, I know a lot of people are not happy, but I haven't heard too many people. I haven't heard uh, really people being like. The vitriol. You haven't heard the vitriol. Well, yeah, because I, I don't think people are like, oh, they're, they're not trying. I yeah. mean, other, I mean, other, other than other, the, sending, the sending off. Oh, okay, was, so was, I'm going to talk not, about, we yeah. talked about people trying and Reina not giving up after, even at being down four goals. Freddie Montero came on as a sub. And I noticed that he looked like like giving up like within minutes of being on the pitch. Like every time the ball got by him, he just looked up in the air and just like put his hands. At the, and then he completely goes the other way and loses it and basically does a sidekick into Mark Anthony K and gets sent off. So at this point, is this guy checked out or, or this or is, you know, the, the coffee shop not working out and that's what is on his mind? Like what's going on? It is was- it better to unload him right now and move on from him and maybe bring somebody else in? Maybe that uh, – the Korean striker maybe might be a better option. The is other Inbom or the other Wong, whatever yeah. his name is, Ui, Ui Joe. We we talked about it like I've talked about it with, in the past. Like this guy's a, a square peg in a round hole. He doesn't fit what Mark DeSantos wants in a club. Reina, Venuto, those guys fit more. They might not be as more uh, better finishers. They, obviously, Reina I think is or on equal par. They might even be better finishers, but they're they're better fits for the system. No, I mean it was. It, that that tackle was shocking, and like I think Steve, I know you, and so I think you felt the same as me. I, I, I don't want to speak for you on this, Gideon, but like I like the fact that it was on Mark Anthony K, yeah. and it was such a bad tackle. Like, well, like, take out Vela if you want. Yeah. Take, take out Rossi. <laughs> <laughs> that that made it worse. But no, it was it was just like it it was bad. And then like even just his walking off and like throwing his tape like in in on the pitch like in the corner and uh, yeah, it was. It was not good. I think I think he's just frustrated. I mean, like you have Reyna and Venuto, two wingers. You know, Reyna's a creator, but you don't start a striker in a game where you could kind of pinpoint him to to run out the defenders. And I, I see his frustration not starting, but coming on, you need to you know make a spark, at least score a second goal rather than you know get sent off. And you're the guy, the experienced guy coming from Europe. You look to you've been in the team before. You've been with younger players in MLS before playing with you know another team from down south. So. You know, he's been in these kind of games where you need to battle, you need to stick in there, you need to, you know, win challenges, but not get a red card and ascending off and just, you know, the the tip of the iceberg for the Whitecaps in this game. They're currently second from the bottom of the West. I think Colorado is a point behind him or something like that. It's, but they are only seven, I think, seven points out of a playoff spot, if I'm not, or I could be wrong about seven, that. Yeah. Seven, seven, okay. So is there any hope at this point, or are the next two games the most important? And maybe then after that, we'll figure out if they, if they have any hope. It's MLS, so all, the next game is always the most, yeah. most important. But, I mean, they're averaging a point a game, right? Yeah. Like, it, they need to really, like, increase that average in the next few two three games in order to even have a chance like people say oh you, if you get on a run in the summer do you really see these guys going on a run i i think just the way they're you know they're talking like whenever you hear any rose talk about getting draws how frustrated the team is you want them to get wins you always want to win a game you don't want to draw or lose a game but at this time of the year the white caps have maybe not played the best going into the summer or into the fall. This is the time where Mark Dos Santos really needs to take, you know, the team by the scruff of the neck, maybe not hit the panic button on signings, but use the team he has kind of jiggle the formation a little bit and put some players in that maybe, you know, haven't played in those positions and try and muster something up offensively. There is no panic button on, on signings. Yeah. That's why I said I don't want them to hit it. Yeah. Um, So we talked about signings. You talked about formation. They obviously signed Ali Adnan to a permanent transfer, like a contract for another two years years, after this one. 
Um, should they have stayed with that formation? The you know the three five two because they changed it at halftime. They moved Andy Rose up into the midfield and brought those other two guys back. Should they have stayed with that formation in that first half, or would it have made a difference? Sorry, you mean stayed with what they started with? Yeah, it three, was it was three, more five. like it was five three two. Yeah, it's it? five three two. But yeah. but should they even have done that? Should they have like stayed with that? Yeah, in the second half. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, or st- started with it or stayed with it, whatever you want to say. Well, they started five three two. That was fine then. Well, it, you were okay with that. Well, the first half I think was better than better the than the second half. half. <laughs> But the, but he went for because he mentioned that he wanted to go for the win in in the second half. Should they have gone for that? Well, I think Steve, the appropriate answer is if you're not going for the win, you're cheating. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, uh, I, I think yeah, you you want you're chasing the game, so you got to. It's, it's understandable that you're going to do something that you're as a coach, you're going to try and make some alterations to to at least draw level. Um, but yeah. It, this obviously didn't work out, and and retro, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So yeah, maybe staying five three two would have would have been better. Yeah, well, or, or at least the, the beating would not have been so bad. So, uh, we, like we said, Ali Adnan has signed. Um, it uh, it's a, it's unexpected in unexpected in the way that it's it's a defender being signed to a DP contract. The Whitecaps have it. Well, they did Kendall Watson, but that was almost like paperwork that they made him a DP. It wasn't really that much of a high salary. This seems like it was a transfer fee and a high salary as well. You're we gonna, don't know the salary. We don't know yet. We'll find out, I think, in September or something when they release the information again. Yeah, I heard so, it was a couple million, but that could, you know, the that's salary? just numbers. No, the, the, the transfer, transfer fee. Oh, the transfer fee. Yeah. You know, the transfer fee. They, yeah, yeah, here's the, the thing. Salary, they, yeah. they said it was multi-million dollars. So that means two. But correct, correct, correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. They didn't say it was a record signing for them, right? No. no. So therefore, we can deduce that it's between $2 million and approximately $2.7 million that they paid for Octavio Rivera. Yeah, exactly. Some, somewhere in that region. So we'll see what it is. But let, let's listen, Let's hear from Ali Adnan and Mark DeSantos on the signing. They talked to uh, Vancouver Media. I think it was on Thursday, I think it was. So let's hear from them at that point. The last few weeks been like for you, you know, not knowing whether you're going to stay or, or are you going to stay. Like, um, what's that been like for you the last little while? Uh, it's like you know, it's not not easy for me to choose which team I have to go. Everyone he think I'm going to go back to Europe, but like after what I feeling here, and it's like what I see here is like he changed my mind. So I'm so happy to stay here. And then it's like what I see from you guys, everyone he knows. Like from first day I am here, it's like really I feel home. So this is like the First things like when I gonna think which team I have to choose, so I have to think about that. About the people here, they walk here. Everyone here helped me a lot when I come here. It's like the team he helped me a lot. Usually the staff is not easy to find the staff like Mark. So I'm so happy now because I signed with the team for two more than two years here. So let's work together. I hope everything is going good. Are you like surprised by how much you've kind of fallen in love with with the city and the club here? Um, yeah, usually I love the city now <laughs> because from first month, like, I don't know anything. I was in the hotel, so everything is difficult. But now, it's like, I know where I go. Like, uh, the city is beautiful. The people here, the Canadian people, I like them so much. It's like different people. It's like the, my fans here is like, you know, everyone he knows, like, I have a lot of fans here, a lot of Iraqian people here, so they follow me everywhere. So I like the city too much. So, uh, so we are here. So I help, like... I do my best with this team. With uh, how everything happened at, at Atlanta, how does it feel to come to a team that wants you 
a city that has embraced you that must feel pretty good. Yeah, this is what I say before. It's like every interview I say the same. It's like it's not easy to find these people, you know. Usually in football, you know, guys, like in football, you cannot find one coach like Mark. Let's be seriously. It's like he give me everything, really. It's like he believed me a lot and he don't know me. It's like he saw me just a little bit. So this guy, he believed me. It's like that's why it's like I work for him a lot and I work for the team because when the team, he, he believe you a lot. So you have to work more. Like now, everything in my mind is like easy. It's going easy, not like before. Three, the, the last three, three weeks, four weeks, I am. It's like very hard for me to choose, but now it's like I am happy to stay here and everything well now is like I am here now. So when you came, you didn't expect to be here long, but it changed for you. Do you remember when that changed for you and what changed for you that made you think Vancouver was somewhere you could stay? Yeah. If we talk about football, yes, from first day they changed a lot. I told you the people here, they helped me a lot. So. Uh, and then after with the times, like I know, I know people in Vancouver, so I have friends now. I have like a lot of friends here in, in Vancouver, so it's not easy to leave them now. <laughs> and everyone here knows, like we are Arabic people, like we are different people. So I am happy to stay here. Really, I love the city. I love the team. So that's why I have to do all my best. I have to work very hard because now we need to go more up with the team. Of the last few weeks, been like for you. I know you were getting asked every day just in terms of you know getting this deal done with with Ali Adnan. Uh, it was one of the moving parts of what we want to do. Um, we always said that at this phase, I think that there's a lot of things that we have to build in the club um, when it comes to our recruitment type and process and. Uh, we didn't want to sign guys just to sign guys. We wanted to make sure that from now on uh, we think very well about who we bring in and how we, we develop the squad going forward. You know, not getting blurred on only 2019, but also how do we want to look in the future. Um, Ali is another piece of a back four uh, that is young. Right with uh, the age when you see Ali, uh, uh, Daniel Henry, Derek, Eric, uh, Max, you know, so many of these players, Jake being at a, a great age and uh, it secures you what you want to do in the next two, three years. So he's an important piece of, of what we're building here. It seems like he's kind of, you know, found a home here. Um, what have your conversations been like with him through, through this process? Uh, it's every day, you know, it's a day-to-day -day thing that was built slowly. He told me that in the first month, he's an honest guy. That's what I like. He's raw. He's, uh, he tells you how it is. And he came the first month with the intention, look, I'm going to kind of use this club to, to get games, to grow, and to get back to the European market, you know. And he says that after a month, two months, he started to, to think about, wait a minute, maybe this is a, a place that is good for me, you know. What Ali understood, in my opinion, is that, um, how can I put it, that life is more important than football. Uh, he understood that. Do you remember, like, when that I exactly happened? And when you got the sense that he might be changing his, his mind about uh, so his me, future? Yeah, me, me, I always thought about I'm bringing Ali for him to stay. But then I knew it was a, a long shot. But I always thought the only way you have a chance is by him being here. So I never 
I ne it was never in my mind to have Ali leave in the middle of the year, but I was prepared if that would to be happen. We had other options, uh, but we wanted to keep Ali. Uh, so it kind of began in the day he arrived. Um, and uh, then slowly, you know, we, we always wanted to give him a break, not speak much about it, let him enjoy uh, the environment, let him enjoy what the MLS is about, what the Whitecaps are about, and then grow from there. Uh, so it's not like one day I woke up and said, hey, we want Ali to stay. This, this is a process that slowly started to get built. Then there was a lot of moving pieces, way too many, you know. A new GM at Udinez, new coach at Udinez, what would they decide? Can we buy him? The, the, uh, the commitment of our owners on doing things, and uh, I think it proves that our owners have a good concern and they realize what the fans are and what they want, and this is a move that proves that we want to do things, but in the right way. It doesn't mean that now we're going to pull the, the press the green button all over. We know our needs very, very well. There are sectors where we need to be better, but we can't do everything fast, and we're aware of that, and I think Ali proves one point that we want to make. So Ali Adnan there, um, you have questions about his age, Zach. Well, does it, <laughs> do we no, know? I, I mean, okay, obviously, there's some, some people are questioning a, a, a generation of Iraqi players' ages or whatever. Yeah, exactly. A group of Iraqi players' ages. So I just, I, I, we were just talking, like, has anyone answered that question? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Nobody's even asked it at this point. So oh, we'll I'm sure that. people have asked it, Steve. No, I'm not I'm talking about publicly. No, oh, yeah. asking publicly. Well, of so. course, I'm not going to ask it publicly. No. They don't want to. They don't want to get their credentials revoked or yeah. whatever. I didn't come in here tonight to play prices right. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, he signed. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. No, Thursday. Thursday or Friday. I, I can't remember. Thursday. No. Still confusing the week. Um, how? But how confused are the casual soccer fans seeing that he played on C in Seattle, signs permanently the next week? But is ineligible to play against LAFC because of I mean, paperwork. That I think July 9th it's going to yep, clear July and everything. 9th, the window opens. So, yeah. so it's it's kind of weird that way. For the, I'm just saying, for us, we know that. Yeah, that's yeah. The, but I'm saying the the average fans going, why didn't Ali play? He just signed. Well, for it us. wasn't in the original article the Whitecaps posted, but when they put it on, I think Friday they said it, he needed to clear. Yeah, nobody reads yeah, that stuff. So. <laughs> no, well, Steve. Yeah, obviously we we you know I I think the approach is hopefully this is a. Uh, for people, a learning opportunity to say, "Oh, this yeah. is how the football transfer world works." Right? Yeah, because it's obviously, I think a lot of people come to it understanding that there's a, there's some difference between North Amer most North American sports, and uh, so hopefully they learn something from this. Uh, obviously, I highly doubt it. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about really the real casual one that just oh, yeah. just doesn't really pay attention to the inner workings. Of Ob it. Obviously, they're probably really frustrated, yeah. and, and they they imagine what the LA game, uh, the Goats game, might have been. With it, with him in on in the, now, in the side. Should they have announced this after the game? Because at least they would have had some good news after the game to announce. Well, well, <laughs> or well, does it make a difference? I mean, we talked about this too, Steve. Yeah. The whole announcement thing doesn't like. I've, I've heard other people say similar things, but did it not feel a little bit over the top? Like this is not like a player who like you newly know, arrived, yeah, newly player. arrived yeah. or whatever. It's like the dude's been here but, for months. But the thing like, is, the, the the so many people were concerned that he was leaving. That I think that's why they decided to pump it up a little bit because people were happy when when it was announced. There was well, quite a bit of reaction. No, don't happy. get me wrong. Yeah. You want to be happy. You yeah. want whatever. It just felt a little bit like 
elevated. Yeah, and it felt a little bit like, honestly, it felt like a little one of those things where there's not a lot to celebrate right now. So we better celebrate something like this. Now, what are your guys' opinion? This is a, a, he's classified as a defender, but he is an attacking, like he's an attacking player as well. Is this okay with you guys for a defender to be signed to, with a, you know, transfer fee being paid and be a DP when usually in MLS, a DP is somebody who's a striker or a midfielder or in some cases a winger. Ask Tim Howard, actually. He would have won a oh, well, I, he <laughs> would be He would be the worst classification of what a striker, <laughs> DP should be. I think the, I think one of the keys you sort of mentioned at the receiver was we, it, we'll know – sorry, we'll – it will likely we will likely be able to deduce in September when the salary numbers from the players union come out. Yeah, uh, we'll likely be able to know whether or not his wages are actually um, what you and I or we would call a true DP, like a, a one point five or more. <laughs> um, and we'll also then we'll know is he actually being paid as a part of the salary budget or and gam and tam funny money yeah or is any of his salary being paid directly by the owners yeah right because that's that's usually what happens with the dp you can pay it with gam and tam which is the only thing the white caps have ever done as far as i understand yeah or or you can pay them more out of your own pocket which my understanding is i don't think they've done or they've done very little of and so that i think that'll be an interesting interesting part of this yeah, he's a def- he's a defender. He is a he's a he's a dynamic fullback, and in this league, he's he's you know quality. He's, if he's not you know in the top, if he's not the top top left sided attacking fullback, then he's what number two or number three? Number like top he's, three for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's up there. But does he rank as the top player this year for the Whitecaps? Uh, obviously, I think Cripo is probably the best. Stretches, yes. I think he's been for me one of the more notable players in the field that has really kind of sparked. Yeah. Caps. Probably but, top three for sure. Reyna himself and Cripple are probably the top three. Well, Reyna was out for a stretch, keep in mind. Yeah, right? like, yeah. the thing is that Adnan's had some pretty big gaffes too, right? Yeah. He's given well, up. Well, the opening game. Yeah, he's given up some. He's given up. I mean, yeah, aside from the penalty, <laughs> like defensively, he's made some really bad bad plays that have led to goals. So he's not like perfect, right? Yeah. Like, But no, I mean, he's a – he is a massive part of this squad. And without the – I think what they were celebrating in one sense too was also we don't have a huge hole in our team to fill. Yeah. Now, there's probably uh, – Mark DeSantos was saying about two to three players at the most are going to come in the summer. Um, we don't know if that's for sure. that, And we don't know – I doubt there's going to be another transfer fee paid for uh, in the summer. What kind of positions are you looking for? Not players in particular, but what positions do you think they need more to uh, shore up in order to have a chance? Maybe not make a run in MLS, but maybe make a run in the Canadian Championship, which we'll talk about next segment. I, I think the Canadian Championship. I don't know if you're looking at that as a as a fix, like to make a run at that. I think we have the, the or the Whitecaps have the depth to withstand that. I know we haven't talked about that years past because they haven't had the depth, but this year I think they're set for a Canadian Championship run. But I like there's no needs right now. I think your center backs are set with Cornelius McDonough, um, Henry Godoy. Like you, you have some players there. Probably another need would be uh, center mid. I think, and if you're really you know going out of your way, it'd probably be a, a right winger or a left winger just to help out Venuto and and Ben Gura and, and Reina who also can play out wide. Yeah, I think there's there's. There's always a shopping list. Yeah, I mean, they could use a, no, a true number ten. 
They're not going to get that. I, I know, it but fit with them. they could use that. Like yeah. a true, a, actual creative. Or a there. number eight that can be a number 10 or something. A like number that, eight right? that can be dominant. Yeah, sure, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I don't think that's coming. Yeah. I think, yeah. well, I think, sorry, Zach, yeah. one thing that they has been, you know, swirling right now is what, like, in MLS acquisitions, which has helped the Whitecaps in seasons past. I don't know if, you know, it's something to, as Steve mentioned, use a transfer for you right now, but if you're looking for a guy that maybe is out of favor, a guy that isn't playing a whole lot or playing well for that matter, that's a time of the season where you don't want to spend too much money. You just want to give up some of your assets to, to get and see if they can help the team in a short-term or long-term uh, basis. Yeah, like, we've, it's it's one of the things that's awkward about about all this is this Mark DeSantos said in the, I believe like, you know, last season or in January, he said, you know, January is not the time to buy. Yeah. <laughs> because players are in the middle of the year. Clubs don't want to let them go. Most players don't want to leave. They're in the middle of things. No, it feels like he's saying some, <laughs> some similar things. Like, yeah. this is not a great time to, to. <laughs> well, he was saying because the salaries, like the, the, you know, the prices are so high at this point. No, just, but you, no, you pay more in January. Yeah, you do. You you pay more in in general. But I think he's happy right now with the squad. Is why he's kind of at times he has been. I don't know right now, but after a performance like this, you take the last game aside. <laughs> yeah, how, how are you happy with? The team? I, I mean, no, I, they got to they got to do something. They got to do something. Maybe we'll talk about more later. But yeah, they they've spent now two point five or sorry four point five to. Five point two million of the Davy of the Davies money yeah. on transfer fees, none of it on salaries, as far as we know. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see if 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 that's enough for <laughs> enough for people because I I definitely don't think it is as of yet. Yeah, and Eliadnan, like we said, you, the transfer the, the 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 actual transfer goes through on January 9th. He'll be available for that Cavalry game. I don't know if he'll play it, but he'll be available for it. And we'll talk about that game after the break. So uh, let's get away from that game on Saturday and let's look forward at least as Wednesday they're playing their first match in the Canadian Championship this year, first match this year, and the first ever match against a CPL opponent. They'll be playing Cavalry FC who were the CPL spring season champions. Spring season champions. Could you could you call me um, refer to me as Joe Deasy for this part because if we're going to do the preview show. I'll... Oh, okay, sure. If you want to. Who would I be then? I think I would be Joe Dizzy because he's the one that. No, knows. no, I want to be Joe. Dizzy. Okay, everybody wants to be Joe. Do the well, accent? Why we that's, could, a, that's a real question. We could I don't want to insult Joe, but we could all be Joe Dizzy if we want to, um, if we try hard enough. Uh, <laughs> so, first ever match against CPO opponent. First question: How important? How much more important is them to do something, considering how the MLS season has gone so far, and considering where they are currently in MLS? How important? Uh, well, I. 
I think this is exciting that uh, you have a matchup of the the worst Canadian MLS team versus the best Canadian Premier League team. I think that's I'm exciting that that, that that's played out that way. Obviously, it would have been uh, f- fun if Pacific had, had gone their way through because then the, the the closeness would have been fun for for traveling and whatnot. Um, but no, this is hu- this is huge. I mean. Uh, no MLS. Sorry, I was almost said. I almost got the wrong. I almost said no MLS team has lost to our lower league side, but then I forgot about Toronto FC yeah, and Montreal. Exactly. But since then, uh, since that, since the Montreal back in the day, it's been it's been a long time yeah. since uh, an MLS side has fallen to a, a, another league side, and um, so no one wants to be no one wants to be the first. And uh, I mean, you saw that even with the CPL playing the, some of those other the, the League One Ontario and the the Q uh, the Q League uh, teams. Yeah, they didn't want to lose either. Yeah, <laughs> especially Halifax. Halifax came close, didn't they? Or, yeah. yeah, Halifax. I think they won on away goals. Yeah. Um, uh, so it it, it, it it's going to be interesting. In the same in the same sense, it's going to be. I mean, th- we're not going to talk about this game, but it's going to be. I think like all of Canada will be cheering on Halifax as they take on Ottawa. <laughs> Yeah, for, oh, that's that's a guarantee. The only people cheering for Ottawa will be the Fury fans. There yeah. won't be any any neutrals going. For but no, that. this game is massive because if, if if Vancouver loses this, they lose. Well, they lose revenue. Yeah, uh, I've heard. I've heard whatever uh, little revenue they get from these games. No, too. but I've heard. Well, I've, I've well, it's not just that. I've heard in the past about some of the. I've heard some discussions about about these kinds of things in the past and yeah. what it could cost and why it could cost and whatever and uh it's not it's not insignificant especially when you you know the people who operate the white caps and yeah. how much they i've met them before. yeah how much they value budgets and exactly and they have, and if, they have projections and, and so you, they're projecting to get past this and right? the thing so. is and the thing is is with this year usually it was a two round uh you know yeah. playoff format now it's three rounds so it's an extra game that they get a bc play so what do you think Gideon? how they how important this 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 upcoming series is in the next three games? Um, the, the the game on Wednesday I think is inc- you know exciting um, for Canadian soccer fans. I think most of people have had this circled in the calendar ever since you know Cavalry um, beat Pacific. But um, I, it's just you know exciting to see a team in Alberta that's you know not MLS competition that you know has ever been MLS competition, but just kind of the close vicinity of it and the organic side of things where the Whitecaps get to play a, a you know a team that hasn't played opposition like the Whitecaps yet I think it's going to be fun to see the the playing style that Cavalry come or Cavalry come at the Whitecaps and I just overall I think it's going to be a fun a fun game um I don't know if Cavalry is going to be how tired they'll be because they did play on on Saturday or Sunday so and the Whitecaps as well but I think the Whitecaps have a much deeper squad than Calvary does so it'll be interesting but a massive game nonetheless yeah but the Calvary fans or players will be jazzed to play this one Oh but, yeah, they're well, they're good. like how many of them are are former white, yeah. white caps and connected to the white? Like they're going to be up for it. Yeah. Well, how strong of a lineup do you think Mark DeSantos puts out there on Wednesday? Is there going to be? He's mentioned before he did not, he's not going to rotate that much, but there's got to be some players that are going to pop in there that you don't that haven't played in MLS or play very little in MLS. Um, may, maybe, but you, one we know is not going to cheat. Yeah. Two, two. Um, Does Matera play? Because he, he can't play Saturday. That's a gr- great yeah. question. Yeah. Um, but I think I th- I think uh, he said both on the record and off the record that he is not going to take this lightly, and I uh, I mean I I believe him, 
uh, I believe that he really wants to to win this uh, because he's Canadian and he knows what it is to win this. Uh, you know, in earlier formats, <laughs> okay. uh, and so he he he. I think he wants this really badly, and it's not like a salvage the season thing. It's yeah. because I think he always wants to like most coaches and players like all they want to win for sure and so i but i so i think you'll see a quite a like a fairly strong lineup so we've seen in the past like what like up to 10 players changed i don't know if we've seen 11 but we've yeah. seen 10 i think we've seen almost 9 or 10 for sure um i i i think you might see like maybe 3, three or, or 4, four. Yeah. yeah something like that but beyond that i don't, you, I don't think it's no matter crazy. how well no matter how well they do they're not going to make white caps supporters forget about what's going on in mls cuz white caps supporters don't forget <laughs> um, so Mark DeSantos, obviously you were talking about him, but, uh, there's another coach on the other side that wants to win as well. And that's Tommy Whedon. Uh, you, Mazak had a, you, you had a chance to speak to him, uh, this past weekend. Uh, last week, last week, Canada day, candidate, right. So I didn't really, I just listened to him. Okay. Really so you were there though to yeah. record. Okay. So th- this is Tom. Tommy, your team will have the target on its back uh, this this fall's uh-huh. campaign, uh, being the champions. Uh, how do you respond uh, with a blank slate and, and teams eager to, to knock you off? Ah, look, pressure's a privilege, so we've got to enjoy those moments. We we, we had a great spring season. Um, I think we just got to go again and, and just keep going. We're we're a good bunch. They're they're collective together. No matter who we put in the lineup, we're tough to play against. So um, I think we just take the next game, which is you know Saturday's game back here at Pacific. And we, and we feel each other out again. That's We just start one game at a time. We get to bring the squad back together again and get to go again. I think sometimes you have to taste that defeat um, because it, it also makes sure the lads don't take it for granted. And, uh, you know, we, we won the spring for a reason because we were the best team over 10 games. That doesn't change us. But, you know, there's now that added fire to come back here Saturday and prove a point. So, Tommy, just your thoughts again on uh, the motivation for the second half of the season. You know you're in the playoffs, uh, just to keep a level of playing well, uh, you're not motivated for oh, the season. You're it's professional right. football. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting format, but for us, you know, we didn't want to lose this, and this was a so say meaningless game. You know, the guys are disappointed in there. There's a few choice words being said, but that's the accountability we want in this group. So for us, it's another league to win, irrespective of whether we're in the final or not. We want to win the league, and then we want to try and win there. But, you know, we just go again. We take one game at a time and go again. Today was a chance for people to take take yeah. to take their chance to break into the side. The disappointing results, not how we, not how you wanted it to go. No. Who stood out for you today, Tommy? Yeah, well, I mean, Malonga's always a goal threat, isn't he? Um, you know, both uh, Gabby Batar and uh, Malik Hamilton had flashes, but they're young; they're learning the game. You know, uh, you know, you know, Gabby could have got a couple of goals near the end, but it just didn't take them. But it's a different level stepping up from U Sports to professional football, and he's learning his game. Um, you know, I thought Mario Stacchio played well again today, and you know, I feel for Nico Giantsopoulos. He's made hell of a save in the first half, and we didn't really protect him. We didn't knew you know Pacific could shoot from range, and we didn't protect him. But I said it's uh, you know we'll go again. So that was Tommy Wielden um, speaking to <laughs> Zach. Zach did speak to you. Uh, you did speak to him. Obviously, he's he 
they talked about motivation there, about what motivates him. But I think this this whole Canadian Championship will motivate him, even though you know there's nothing to play for in CPL. But the problem is, is if you're there's, there's stuff to play. For. There's stuff to play for. But what I'm saying is, like, if you don't stay on it, you will lose it. Basically, you can't like flip a switch at the end of the year when you're going to face whoever. Because that that if whoever. If they don't say, say they finished like fifth or sixth or fourth, they're yeah. not going to. But they, say they did that, whoever is the team that wins the fall title, um, they're going to come in like on a high. And will yeah, will will Cavalry be able to match whatever they're they're coming off of? So that's the that's the interesting thing. And this Canadian Championship will help them help them trying to if they can advance past the Whitecaps, it kind of keeps them in the right frame of mind. I think. Yeah. I mean, they were they had an impressive season. Yeah, I mean, as though it's only ten games, and yeah, that's not. None of us think that's ideal, but how you know CPL kind of set that, that out. But I mean, they did what they had to do, right? Eight, eight games, uh, you know, ten games, eight wins, two losses. Uh, they they were they were value for winning that that first spring spring title. Tro- trophyless spring title. Yeah. And I think you have to give credit to, to Cavalry and Tommy. The way they built the squad was through Cal- uh, Calgary Foothills last year in the USLE2. And watching them last year, they had this similar season. They're just so dominant. And you see how that's kind of translated into this uh, CPL spring season, now the fall season, how they've had the camaraderie, the ability to play together. They're just such a good team. They played together for the last year and a bit. They're strong. And I think they will probably push for the top two spot in the, the, the yeah. fall season. Yeah, and they so the the game on Canada Day was the closing game for the the spring season. They uh, significantly rotated their squad uh, against a Pacific side that has been just crippled by injuries, and so uh, uh, Pacific won. Cripples yeah. an understatement. For- <laughs> yeah, uh, Pacific won that game, but then they also played each other back in on in Langford in, on the island yesterday on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, to open the fall, fall season, season, the that, the clausura, and uh, <laughs> the great clausura, and they they um, uh, they won three two right. Yeah. So they, and they started you know you know many more players. Camargo started. Yeah. Um, Scotty started. Yeah, they both scored right. Yeah, I think, I think they so. both the, yeah. the first two goals. Um, so it was quite a quite a, Elijah Elijah Adekube uh, started. I think Mason Trafford who played at center back on. Um, Monday, on Monday, yeah. I think he might have played fullback. Actually, sounds familiar like, because Zatora and Waterman were in there. I think, yeah. So, oh, well, Wielden's brother, I think, played Wielden, too. Yep, Wielden's yeah. brother, Jonathan. Yeah, he's not a junior. <laughs> so, who, like, you talked, you rattled off some names there. Who are some of the players that have impressed you so far this season? Um, for me, the one guy that I didn't expect, like, I didn't. Ex- not that I'm not saying he, I didn't expect very much from him, but I wasn't. Didn't expect him to make such an impact was Elijah Edekubi. Yeah, um, he, the, he, I think he led CPL in assists or some. He was one of the top players in assists for CPL, um, but he didn't make the top eleven, which Sam Edekubi mentioned in his tweets. Um, but who, like, what, what other players? Like, you could talk about Elijah too. What other players really like? You know, were full value yeah. for what they played in this year. Well, like Elijah is a leader within the squad. Like yeah, he he uh, he was huge in the the, the foothill for foothills over the last like whatever it is three years three or whatever years, he's yeah. been there. Um, 
and he's carried that on at the CPL and been one of the yeah one of the players who's helped them be so dominant in their in the results they've gotten. Um, Mason Trafford, I think, is is huge for them. A good veteran too. Yeah, he's I got, played in the Scandinavian leagues. I think I think he played yeah. a lot in Finland. I'm mistaken. So he played here in Vancouver. So yeah, I, obviously. So, yeah. So, so I got to talk to him after the game too, yeah. and I was asking because when he was here in Vancouver, he was he was playing mostly center mid, and I asked him about them like you know I know you you switched or whatever, and he was like yeah I know like years ago I switched and like I'm like do you like it? But he said yeah I enjoy playing center back now. I see the whole field, see yeah. everything happen, whatever. He's just I was like did you miss it? And he's just like well. He's kind of like I miss playing with Marty Nash in, <laughs> in this in the center of the park, but it's been quite different since then. But so I think he's he's key for them. Like in terms of their league campaign, he's huge. I think yeah. in, in in this this uh, this series he'll he'll be significant in terms of his yeah his experience and his leadership as well. But did anyone else stand up for you, for you Gideon? Um, I think Sergio Camargo, the yeah. goals leader in CPL, he was an outcast at Toronto FC and Toronto FC two. I uh, played with Calgary Foothills. He was very good last year, so I think he's been the main guy. Malonga as well has been yeah. very good. He's been very pacey. He scored in the, um, in the yeah. Canada game. And uh, Dominic Zatora, former WFC two guy. Yeah. So they yeah. have some. They've made some quality signings. They made some good additions, and again kept some of the squad. So, but none stands. Elmore. <laughs> none stands taller or above any other than Marco Carducci. Yeah. Who. You know, Steve, we've known Marco since, what, he was like 15 or something? Since he stopped 14? that goal against Seattle on a penalty in yeah. his first ever game with the White Cap. 12? How old He was really young. No, no, he's 15. 15 it was a okay. U15, oh, U16 or whatever. It was, what, yeah. what is he now, like 23? I have no idea. It's, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Should have a spreadsheet for this. It's been a long time. And Marco, um, yeah, Marco, so he didn't play in the game on Monday when they lost. Yeah. It, played, it played, obviously, when they won uh, against Pacific. He, this is huge for him, right? Like this, he's coming back to. I mean, he's from Calgary, Calgary, so he's playing at home. But he's coming back to a place where he spent. It's like his footballing, you know, home in terms of becoming a professional. All that, um, where he never made the breakthrough. Uh, some might say never. You know, was never given a full chance to make a breakthrough. Some might argue, um, and so I think you know him along with the, you know Zader and. Uh, even though I don't know how much Elijah was connected to things, but you know, Trafford, uh, um, who else is there? Waterman, uh, he paid mostly center back. There's all these guys that are going to have this desire to, to, yeah. to, to beat the Whitecaps aside, aside from just wanting to obviously win. Yeah, exactly. It'll be special for them to beat Vancouver. Um, so, and you did this person, you definitely did have a chance. Marco Caducci, you had a chance to speak to him. Marco was very generous with yes. this time. Oh, he <laughs> always is. Um, and so you had a chance to speak to him on Canada today, uh, and, and speak to him about his thing. Here is a Marco Carducci. Okay, Marco. So you didn't, you didn't play today, which I was yeah. disappointed. At. Were yeah. you disappointed? Um, we, I knew I had a time, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't like I was uh, going to the meeting and like shocked or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, we wrapped up the spring, and it was important. You know, we have, we have a lot of games coming up, and we have a, we have a deep team, and it's about rotation and whatnot, and everything. So yeah. I, I knew coming in, but I yeah. knew there were some people here that may have uh, be, it'd be fun to play in front of, but or play against. And exactly. Yeah, old teammates, old friends, and whatnot. So, uh, but I mean, we're back here Saturday. So. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great, like you guys have, I mean, it might not be unfair to say you've dominated the first 10 games, the first half, the, the first aperture of, yeah. the, of the Canadian Premier League's inaugural season. Uh, tell me, how, how did you guys do it? 
you know i think we developed uh, a culture and a chemistry within the team very quickly you know we had everyone knows no surprise or no secret that uh, we have a core group of guys who played together last year with foothills um, under tommy so we all knew kind of exactly how we wanted to play uh, what was expected of us the guys who came into the team bought into it right away and i think from you know early early days in preseason we showed just what we were about and you know if you look back at the results we got this year it wasn't all easy peasy and i mean this is a tough league and, and we had to fight for a lot of results and, and our character showed in a lot of those games yeah uh so were you were you surprised at how again i'll use the word you didn't have to use but how dominant you guys yeah. were or uh was that you just like no it's a symbol of our hard work or like well yeah i think um it, it not necessarily surprised, but I mean, I think we, we knew going in, it's a clean slate for everybody. So yeah. nobody knew what to expect from everybody else, right? It's, it's seven new teams competing against each other. Uh, we got a little taste of, of a couple of the teams uh, down in the Dominican during preseason. But going into the year, you're just like, okay, well, I think we've prepared as much as possible and yeah. now we'll go. We got off to a flying start with the three wins and three. And I think at that point we were like, you know what? Um, again, earn those results for sure. And we just kept building that momentum. And I think that was a big thing for us, too. Uh, we tied together seven wins in a row. Right? And uh, I think, you know, if you look back, it's like we just kept constantly getting better and constantly improving. And, uh, you know, we did put the work in. So I 100% credit that. Uh, and things things fell away at times. I think you have to you have to earn your luck as well. And I think we did that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, today, is the, you allow, your team allowed three goals. It's the first time you've allowed more than one goal all season, right? In yeah. A number of clean sheets. Uh, yeah, solid. Exactly. Solid. I mean, you played solidly. Obviously, your defense you. was, you know, played well together and stuff. How do you how do you stay motivated? So, like, you're not used to playing an aperture Clazura mm-hmm. setup. Mm-hmm. How how do you think you guys stay motivated to? Like, you obviously you can celebrate or enjoy the winning the the, the first half of the season mm-hmm. but you can't get complacent like how do you how, how are you guys staying motivated how's Tommy and Marty and yeah. the staff how are they I mean I think you said it we, we just can't get complacent uh, we're we're happy that we won this spring um, we've enjoyed it we will enjoy the moment um, but we haven't won anything yet you know we're going in we went into the start of the season saying we want to be champions so uh, we have 18 games left after this and we know we've booked a spot in the final but 18 games to continue to improve to continue to show ourselves and the league what we're about we want to go and win the fall as well it's as simple as that right and i think um, the players the team that comes naturally for everybody we know that we just want to constantly be better uh constantly improve and and dominate again you know uh like i said we, just, we haven't won anything yet and i think that's going to fuel us throughout the fall it's early days 10 games the canadian premier league though is obviously it's not it's not just to have a have a league it's not just to have uh games or new teams new clubs but it's this understanding that our country needs a league if we're going to develop as a footballing nation uh 10 in these 10 games what what have you seen uh or what have been maybe some things that you think are positive uh you know as the league starts yeah and what are things the league maybe needs to work on uh first and foremost i've just been uh impressed you know, everything uh, that the people have put into it, the organization, the level of the play, everything's been fantastic. And, and like you said, we need it. It's, it's, it's been a long time coming for sure. And uh, I think being a part of that is, is really special as a player. Um, but, you know, right now, I think you know, the league has to find its feet as well. And, and uh, there will be up and ups and downs along the road. But 
from from my perspective, all I can say is you know it's it's been uh, a success so far, and uh, I'm just excited to see where it takes off. Yeah, and anything they can do better, and, or what what, uh, what needs to, what, what can be improved. I just I just Again, think small sample size. Of course, no. I just I just think with time, you know, we'll constantly improve the level of play. We'll constantly improve uh, the turnout, the fans, all that. It's all coming, right? It's all coming. It's it will take time. Uh, uh, obviously, Canada's a big country, a lot of travel involved, all that. And I think uh, the right people are in the right spots to, to make sure that this league is a success for the long term. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. A uh, couple questions about you. Okay. Uh, you. Okay, what's your role within the team in terms of the leadership group? Like, you have been a leader at ver- in various places in, in your career. Yeah. You've also been, like, the new guy, the young yes. guy, all that kind of stuff. Where do you fit in the kind of what you can share of the, the structure of the team, the leadership group? I mean, you're the yeah. keeper, so you're the back. You, yeah. you have a role to play. Yeah. But like, yeah, where do you fit in in the, in the Cavalry FC setup? Uh, well, I think I want to play a leadership role, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have taken a lot of experience over the last few years, and I want to bring that into this group. I'm a I'm a lead by example kind of person. I don't need to be uh, the loudest voice or the rah rah kind of style. And uh, for me, it's just you know. I do. I know I have a role to play and part of a leadership group within the team. Uh, but for, for me, it's again example. Just just being the consistent player I want to be, being the uh, the steady goalkeeper that uh, I want to be for this team to to again at the end of the day win games and win championships. Yeah. yeah. For Marco Carducci, you're not yet starting for Lazio. Where where do you where do you feel you're at in your personal professional development as a player uh, where do you where where do you see your, where do you need to go where are you going with this league beyond yeah. this league whatever like where are you at? you know what i look at one day at a time um and i think that's what's gotten me where i am today but i feel like i'm uh, constantly improving and and at the best i've been and that comes down to minutes playing competitive games and over the last couple of years i've played a lot of competitive games and i think that's just helped me uh, continue to grow as a goalkeeper and as a player. I have I have high high uh, goals for myself. Of course, I want to continue to take the steps and, and play at the highest level I can play. And we'll see where that is in a few years. But uh, right at this point, I want to be uh, the best goalkeeper in this league, and uh, I want to get myself in the national team fold. And uh, we'll see where that goes. But I think uh, lately, I'm uh, you know one step at a time. It's early. You have to keep improving constantly. And can't get complacent whatsoever. But for me, it's uh, you know one step forward every day. Yeah. One question about development. So this might sound like I'm leading you to a certain place. I just want to hear your thoughts. Of like, okay. one of the things you, you, one of the places that played a huge role in your development was Whitecaps Residency, Whitecaps Academy yeah. setup. You were a part of that. You came through that. You were one of a number of players in in those various age groups over time who were and, and i'm not just trying to be nice but you no. were literally outstanding like you know you yeah. you were great at the club you were great for the national team all these kinds of things one of the things that happened there is it seemed like not just yourself but a number of players who came out of that were never were not able to um maybe uh perform at the same heights at the age levels yeah. into the into the pros yeah well, what can not just the white caps but yeah. what can clubs in canada do to help bridge that gap like obviously wfc2 was supposed to help with that and yeah. that i th- i think personally i think it helped you i mm-hmm. think it played a role for you um but beyond other than that what are the what can clubs do to help players go from being great at u15 u16 u18 u19 to being a, an outstanding pro i think i think this league is going to fill that void um you know at the end of the day that jump from 
from youth to, to senior is, is big and it's difficult for guys to take that step immediately. Um, like you said, I was just one of a batch of players who um, kind of made that jump and struggled. And, you know, you fall out and you see a lot of guys fall out of the game with, with that because it's difficult, of course. And, and, you know, we have so much talent in this country, so many young players that are coming through that having just that gap filled by a competitive league that I think having it domestic is huge and where you can, you know, put an emphasis on Canadians. Uh, I think it's it's no it's also no uh, surprise that uh, you know at the MLS level it's, it's an American league at the end of the day and that's a reality I think and um, it's a results based business so when you're an 18 19 year old kid or even younger trying to trying to break in there it's a res- the CPL is also a results based business as well but having it being a Canadian league designed for development of Canadians whether they're coaches players referees supporters everything you know that's what I think it's going to get us to the next level. Cool. Yeah. Really grazie. Thank you for Any your time. time. I love Any you, So that was Marco Carducci uh, talking to Zach about, um, you know, the first half of the season and what to look forward to. Let's get to the the actual bones of it now. What are your expectations for the match? What is a prediction? If you want to say a prediction, if you know if that you're strong enough willed to you know give one, I think I think it's going to be a, a, a draw or a one one goal victory. Okay. Do you want to say whose side? Or? I well, I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping Marco gets a clean sheet. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying and and maybe like a one nil one nil to to Cavalry, but just to make things interesting for the return. Sure. Okay. But but I also but I also could see could see Vancouver because of like they're wounded and I could see yeah. them coming out pissed off too. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully I'd, Montero doesn't hurt anybody. <laughs> I think it'll be a a close close game. I think Cavalry will will sneak a goal, but I think the Whitecaps will score a couple just because coming off Saturday. I mean they're struggling to score right now, but I think against a you know I don't I don't want to say weaker, but against a different team that they face this year, I think they could be able to capitalize on some mistakes and, and bag a couple goals on the road. Yeah, I, I have it as a two one win for Vancouver. Um I think they'll get a couple goals. I think they'll they'll then they'll get soft and they'll give a point to Calvary probably. Um because they think it's in the bag. Usually that's what happens with the white caps. We can't get that ultra clean sheet, just get the one We didn't plan to see their Zach, so we're not getting up a new door. No, hey, no, no. I- <laughs> No, but I, I could see – we don't could know how go it's going to go. It yeah. could go any which way at this point because they've never played against each other. We, the Whitecaps, they've played teams like FC Edmonton before and they have shown like weaknesses, but that's when they totally rotate the squad, right? And so we don't know how, what's going to happen. I've this. only ever seen a Vancouver team play a Calgary team once, and I think it was like 2004 or 2003, and it was the Calgary Mustangs. Was it? And, and Good name. I think Nindorf might have been the coach. Oh, okay. And I can't remember if Lutz was in net for the Calgary team or the Edmonton team, but Lutz vanished still. Oh, wow. I, 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 I that must be years ago. Oh, it was 2003 yeah. or 2004. Yeah. But, but no, th- this is a this is an exciting matchup. Is this the best? Uh, this is, the most, is this the most intriguing of the matchups for you? In the I think so. I, I, but I, I, think as, as, I think for all, everybody, whoever is in neutral, is going to be cheering for the lower teams, like like uh, obviously Whitecaps. We want to see the Whitecaps go through, yeah. but 
for the other two games, I want to see Halifax win. Obviously, that's an obvious one. Yeah. And but I also want to see York, York Nine. Yeah. That one's I, I don't even know how York Nine got by by FC Edmonton, but yeah. But I, I would like to see like upsets and see what's going on and shake things up. And well, there will be. I, don't I, know if I tweeted about caps, this, but yeah. I tweeted about this at the time, but it was great in the Voyagers Cup to see all of those um, other CPL teams knock off the the favored three CPL teams. Yeah. I think that was great. So it was good to see Edmonton go out. It was good to see Valor go out. Good to see Forge go out yeah. to other CPL teams who had to play the extra rounds. Extra games, and yeah. weren't eligible for the qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one thing is Conquer for sure. Uh, one thing is for sure that there should be a uh, Canadian team will get some kind of results <laughs> on Wednesday. Unlike the national teams who did not get great results. Oh, uh, and we have to talk about that? Yeah, we'll talk about it next uh, segment uh, when we come back after this break. I make myself sick, I can't help it I've always had this darkness, who am I without it? My thoughts have run wild for 22 years And I'd expect it by now, I just swallowed my fear But every time I break down, hysterically I say it's the very last time, I swear it will be I try to change, I try to cope I always climb back from the edge of my road I'll change how I eat, they'll change how I speak And I'll repeat my mantra before I go to sleep But suddenly it sinks in There's no time to fight it I say it's the very last time I can't keep going like this I'm gonna change, I'm gonna cope I'm gonna hold on to what's left of my hope That was uh, Sarah Jickling, AFTN's Artist of the Month uh, She'll be continuing in July um, it, The song is called This Time and it's from her debut solo album, uh, When I Get Better. It came out, I think, in 2017. So, uh, and welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting live from the CITR FM studios at the University of British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam territory. So it doesn't get any better uh, with the show because now we have to talk about the Canadian national teams. We'll talk, start with the women uh, at the World Cup. They lost in the round of 16, which is way below what most experts, ex, you know, the expectations um, were that they would achieve, believe they would achieve. Was there something missing from the club or did they just run into strong opponents? You know, if you look at it uh, based on, you know, the two teams they lost to, yeah. they were two second and third place teams. Yeah. Is, is it, was there something missing though or what do you think it was? All I know you can talk about specifically about that game that they got eliminated. Yeah, or all I know is it was disappointing. Like, yeah. I mean, just watching them. Uh, I, I know, I know that kind of in the lead up to the tournament, there was like a good run of form, but there was not a lot of flowing of goals. Yes, they were winning we, a lot of one nil. I don't think we think they won. They were losing. Either it was a zero zero draw or when, they, they didn't nil? give up very many goals. No. That's essentially what it was. But uh, so yeah, I mean the, the loss to, to Sweden was disappointing. Like so, so was it, fr- it was frustrating. Yeah, like uh, okay at the time. But is it less bitter now because the the no. fact that how the other teams? Why were would it be less bitter now I just because they came third? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they. I mean. 
Okay, so I know lots of people have already given their opinions on this or whatever, and uh, I haven't listened to all of them, but there's some that I totally, I, I definitely agree with. Like, uh, I when it when this is, when this is going on, when the penalty's given, yeah. like you're just like, okay, Sinclair has has to has to take this. And I remember even I don't know if it was after the penalty was taken or whatever. I remember googling it, yeah, and seeing oh she oh yeah she got stopped against his keeper, and then I think they talked about it or whatever. She I think stopped, we talked about it last time, didn't we? Well, she got, maybe, yeah, you might yeah, have we, we it up. mentioned that. Because she, she got stopped against this keeper in a shootout in yeah. the Algra, Algrave Cup. Yeah. Uh, or Algarve Cup. Algarve. Um, and, but, but still, this is you, you are on the verge of becoming the all-time leading scorer in women's football. You're in the knockout stages yeah. of the World Cup. This is not the time, in my opinion. So, I, I, I mean, Christine... Has earned the right to do whatever she wants. Yeah, so exactly. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't have a. I don't. Have, I don't. I'm okay that she can choose whatever. But I just think this was not the moment to pass the torch in that way. Like a lot of people compare this to like uh, uh, I think it was 1998, the uh, gold medal game. Um, no, not the gold medal game. Semifinal game or whatever. Canada versus Czech Republic. It was a. It was a, a hockey game. And um, no, this is what the, this is what the sentiment was. This they were comparing Sinclair not taking a penalty to Wayne Gretzky, who is considered the best player of all time, being not uh, available for the shootout. Like they basically parked him on the bench and he didn't get on. But in this case, it was Sinclair giving up her spot, which Gretzky would never do. He, if he, he would jump over the board if it was the case. Does this take anything out of her, like, you know, her aura or her stature in Canadian soccer, like, even a bit? Because there was no, honestly, nobody criticized. It seemed like nobody was criticizing. Everybody was criticizing the coach because they said the coach should have just installed no Sinclair. You're taking it. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to the coach in a second. Yeah. Uh, does it ruin Sinclair? No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, hurt, a, it hurts her probably most personally. Yeah, that, it's a blip on the screen for her. Yeah. Uh, the the, the, the fact that she'll never have finished what? Higher than fourth at the World Cup, yeah, because unlikely she'll play in another World no, Cup. No, yeah, um, th- that that'll probably be something that she'll be sad about. I think probably for the rest of her life, uh, even if only in a small way, um, uh, because I think there was a real opportunity to, to go to go further, um, to, you know, to to get into that final four for sure. Um, yeah, so Sin- Sinclair, like. I just didn't. I didn't understand. Then uh, the taking of the penalty. Now everyone's like, "Oh, it was a great penalty. It was a good penalty. It was a quality penalty." Like, I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a bad no, penalty. Man. But like, but when you got the best goalie in the world, you're not going to be able to score with that. Well, the height of it was like um, not. It wasn't the perfect savable height, but it was like yeah, just in that range. Yeah, it was in that range. It was in, at that level. And I like Janine Becky. I like her brother Drew. I know you know. I know Drew a little bit from you know connecting him with him from his time in MLS and stuff and uh, whatever. And I know their I know their story. Uh, I mean, it was it was kind of a little bit heartbreaking that they shared her story in the halftime show of the game. Yeah. Um. And you know, and I can empathize having lost my father when I was young. Like you know, and all these all the that part of her story. But uh, I just like so again, and I think uh, so. I don't think the penalty was amazing. However, I love her courage. 
to you know uh, face the, the camera yep. yeah face mm-hmm. the cameras after uh, I think it was today or yesterday uh, she was you know was tweeting about the significance of the tournament and the game uh, and specifically on the women's side progress progressing so that things like the the financial elements don't 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 have to be such a, a huge thing in, in going forward for them so I, I have a ton of respect and I, I really I really like her and I really think she's going to continue to be someone who produces and scores for Canada but it was just it, it just felt not right even before she took it even before she took the I was just like Sinclair has has yeah. to take this coming to the coach when he gave that interview afterwards that was like that was off that was that was not good like i know i've never coached high level athletes right but the whole like yeah hey, there's four or five people who can take them i let them sort it out on the field like you're the coach, man. Like yeah. you, your your job's on the line. Your neck's on the line. Like, are you really going to say, uh, yeah, I try? Like, no. Like that. I don't know. That's where you, Steve, would you, Gideon, would you not be like, I want player X to to to, to execute this single player moment in the match? Like, I, I, I there wouldn't know. be a top four. I think there'd be. <laughs> you have Sinclair or you have Becky, and I think in this case it was between Sinclair and Becky, and. Like going back to what you're talking about, Zach. I think one, the timing wasn't right to pass the torch, yeah. quote unquote. But again, like that just shows you the character that Christine Sinclair is. She's unselfish. But in that moment, yes, you get a penalty saved in the Algarve Cup, couple, you know, a few months earlier. But you, you're still the go-to person on the team. You got to w- score the goal, right? And but again, if you're the coach, you you got to. That's something that you got to figure out before the game. You have to figure out in set pieces on, in practice. You you have a person that's going to be taking the fr- like the free kicks, the set pieces, the penalty kicks. You yeah. have that decided, and to, ha- to decide that in game in such a crucial time, yeah. it's, it's it's so hard to do. Yeah, because you're leaving it. You're leaving like the emotions and the pressure of it all then come into play. And as the timing, a, you're rushed. Yeah, so rushed. As opposed to everyone being like, oh, we know, Steve, you're taking the you're taking the penalty for the game. It happens. You know, Steve, you're stepping up. There's no like, oh, there's no, there, yeah. I, I, I just thought it was, I, I thought it was horrendous. Now, penalty aside, I think the biggest issue in, in the game was the lack of finishing because they, in the first half, they they kind of dominated. They had sixty one percent of possession. They completed more passes than Sweden even attempted. So, do you think the finishing was the like? Should they even got to the penalties? They should have had some uh, chances buried. Uh, like they should have created more chances and then buried them. They're kidded more in the last 10 minutes of the game. Obviously, they were down, but the urgency in the last 10 minutes of the game was something I would have liked to see from the first whistle onto the last whistle just because it's you're in those type of games where you want to kind of push yourself forward and get that first goal, whereas I don't know if the creativity from the midfield side of things was sublime in that game. Again, they did create chances, as Steve said, but I think it just needs to be better. I think it comes back to what's your frequency, Kenneth, because... Again, the substitutions I thought were poor. Yeah. Like Quinn, Quinn came on for was it Desiree Prince, Scott? Uh, I thought it was a. For, I heard it was a forward. Well, you should never be bringing in a, like a holding center midfielder back, yeah. player. To, yeah, to, 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 in, in that game, you needed someone to help change the game. I know we're biased, but Jordan Hoyt, Jordan Hoytema should have been on the field like in that in that. And I know. Uh, yeah, but it, 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 the substitutions didn't make sense. Yeah, uh, well, to me, you talked about the young players there. The obviously, this you know, Sinclair, we talk about Sinclair is probably her final World Cup. There's other players like Desiree Scott, Sophie Schmidt, Alicia Chapman, probably their final World Cup. What is your opinion of the future with the likes of Hutema? You mentioned her, Fleming, Grosso, Rivera. Um, 
who's going to step up? Like you got Kadisha Buchanan, who's still young. Yeah. And the, hopefully she gets a playing time during the season with her club team so that she can actually be ready to go. Because I don't think she was as dominant as she was at the previous World Cup. No. What, 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 who do you think takes it up from all of that? Do you think, do you think it's going to be a group effort and there won't be another Christine Sinclair? It'll be, they'll have to deal with it as a team? Well, yeah, I'm, well, they need to score more, to score more goals. So whether it's Becky scoring or Hoytema or whoever, like whoever, like that, yeah, you hope you hope that multiple people are scoring. Uh, Jesse, Fle- yeah, Jesse Fleming, I think is Ashley Lawrence. I forgot about her. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah Ashley Lawrence is, yeah. is she's a she's really great good. fullback. She's really good. Um, yeah, so I I think hopefully Steve, it's more of a, a generational thing. I guess yeah. so hopefully it's more of a uh, of a group of them uh, of doing that, but. It's going to be interesting because the last two World Cups, where they have not performed the way they would have liked to have, they had huge bounce backs in the Olympics. So the next thing for them is going to be qualifying for the Olympics yeah. and then seeing if they can, uh, for lack of a better term, right the ship in the Olympics. Yeah. For me, the, the one of the questions in all this will be how much longer does how much longer after she breaks the record? Will Sinclair keep going? Yeah. Is it the just, Olympics? Yeah, she's gonna, is that where she is? Yeah. Swan Song is, yeah. Um, how about you guys' opinion on the final today? Obviously, the U.S. won. I think it was 2-0. I didn't watch the game. I, 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 I slept in today. I'm very sad. My uh, my home country of Holland um, was... I Leo from dropped, Well, from Canada, but my back... I thought you were Mexican. <laughs> no, despite my jersey I'm wearing today. <laughs> no, I I think it was a good final. The first half was obviously back and forth. Is so your mom, your mom's Dutch, right? My mom's Dutch. Your yeah. dad's not Dutch. No, yeah, he's okay. very Canadian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the first you know 45 minutes, as a commentator said numerous times, was back and forth. Um, I think the U.S. came out as a better team, rightfully so. Netherlands retired, um, made a couple offensive substitutions, but U.S. pulled out. And, I mean, Rapino, like, the penalties in this tournament have just, like, so many VR. We'll not get into it right, ne- right now. But Did you think it was a penalty? No. I didn't think it was a penalty. Morgan was not in the a goal lot of people on Twitter did not a position. think it was a penalty. Either. No. Yeah. I, I, like the contact, it, you know, in the in a goal scoring position with the ball at your feet, yeah. But the ball was in the air, and Morgan was not goal like facing yeah. the goal, and she was you know to the left of the keeper, just at the top of the eighteen. Yeah, not not, opinion, not definitely not a penalty for me. It, it was actually a really good game. I didn't get to see it all live, but the parts I got to see live, and the part, and then I watched it again more later in the day. Uh, it it was a good game, so it was nice to see a a well con, a well contested final. Uh, although I know I was talking with some friends after, and I know the stats were very much. Oh, uh, the stats. It's just you know very after, heavy for the U.S. After but 2010, you know, losing to Spain and and this today, we need some Dutch revivalness in, in the World Cups. But well, <laughs> that may come in the next you know few years here. Well, uh, the the World Cup is over, but we still have wavelength. Um, it's our favorite part of the show. Um, this week's song is actually tied into the Women's World Cup. Um, ending and it's from 1988 by a group called Beer Zone. It's called for the France Dance. Um, was originally brought out of for the 1998 Men's World Cup there, and it kind of had a, a little bit of a resurgence this World Cup. So let's play it right now for you, and we'll be back with the Canadian men's team.
Fancies for the team Help fulfill a nation's dream Crowd by air and land and sea Towards the bars of gay parade We meet up with lots of made Back at home our nation waits Near kick off we leave the bars Head to the match to cheer the stars We're Then we attack it's end to end Wheel of the ball into the net Still no score, there's still time yet Move on jersey, give your all Every breath I for the ball Pride and petulance there to see And it rubs off on you and me We're all gonna dance for streets of France We're all gonna dance for streets of France We're all gonna dance for streets of France When we attack, their gap pulls our striker back He's in a box, penalty, our guy sticks the ball away One nil up there we defend, back to the wall until the end Hearts in my mouth, I just can't wait for the final whistle, let's celebrate We're all gonna dance the streets of France 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 Was the France Dance by the Beer Zone? Hey, why did you fade it out? I didn't fade it out. Oh, it just does that. It just does that. Yeah. Um, it's like kind of like the, the French in this. Time. Oh, okay. Uh, speaking of French teams, uh, Canadian men's lost to a French team on the, what was it a week ago or more than a week ago or whatever it was. In some eyes, it was worse for the men with Canada, you know, between the Canadian men's and women's because they were kind of in control at halftime and they coughed it up basically. He vomited it up or whatever you want to call it I don't know uh, they gave up three goals in the second half to Haiti uh, started off with that horrible back pass I was um, like I'll let you go because I have a story to tell about this game, I have so. a story too I told you Steve right I I knew I couldn't watch I had a family thing yeah. I knew I couldn't watch the whole game so uh, my, my son and I watched the first half yeah and we're like, oh, and I, I, at the time, you know, like I was like, oh, some goal. I was like, oh, they they should be scoring more here. They created yeah. enough. They should have scored more. But like, we left the house very comfortable. And Steve, I, you know, it makes me think about the most dangerous scores. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, two goal lead, <laughs> two goal lead. And so I left. I was like, hey, no problem. I'm excited. Whatever. Looking forward to a semifinal with, with uh, Mexico, likely Mexico. And um, Davis did a post too. It could have been three nothing. I think. Oh yeah, time. yeah. So then, like, I, I an hour later, I'm out at this thing I had to go to, and I was so like, oh, I was, I was, no, I was like, oh, I'll check the score. Yeah. I just want to see what the final score. And I turned on Twitter, and I was just like, this is some sick joke. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the CSA feed. I was like, three two, with in the 86 minutes. So I was like, what? Yeah. And then I went back and read. I was like, this is this has got to. And then and then I went to. Uh, some place where I discuss uh, such things with friends, and I was like, they were, yeah, everyone was. I, I basically, uh, I, I, I wasn't going to watch it live. I didn't have time, so I watched. I saw it at halftime. It was two nil, and then I kept checking and checking, and then I saw two two. Like, oh, oh crap! And then it was like three two, and then I, you know, at that point, there's no way they're coming back because 
it was cl- just by looking at the way this goals happened. I saw the Godinho. I didn't see it, but I heard about the Godinho back pass. It was seemed like they were just like fell apart. And when you watch the highlights, that's essentially what happened. Was it like what was that the biggest issue? Was it the inability to handle adversity or just a lack of tactical awareness by uh, John Herdman and the way he set up the team, especially after the first goal? Okay, so for so. I was on the bus down. Oh, to your story. Yeah, yeah, I forgot so, about yeah, your story. So I was on the, da- the way down to Seattle with some Whitecaps people for the uh, for the game. It was like a, a volunteer get together, and we were on the way down. I was checking the scores, watching part of the game on my phone. It was two nothing. I said, okay, so we'll you know walk off the bus to the pub we we're eating before the game, and uh, we walk in. We hear some cheering. We're like, okay, so maybe these you know American Sounders fans, a very green bar full of Sounders fans. Uh, we thought they were cheering for Canada for some reason. So my no, Brazilian friend said, oh, maybe they're cheering for Canada. I said, no, okay. So we go and sit down. It was 2-1. We're like, all right, so we're ordering, you know, sitting down, ordering food, and all of a sudden it's 2-2. And everyone goes, absolutely bananas. I'm like, this, there's no way Canada loses here when I'm down in, you know, for America for the soccer game. Sure enough, Haitians get a I, – I mean, it was, a, it was a good goal. Like, it was a good finish. The but third one. Yeah, the, the yeah. third goal. And it was just, you know, like my heart sank. It's just not a place you want to be in for your country losing, but not a, you know, a game you want to lose against – it was a promising turn in for Canada, let's be honest. Like losing Mexico, yeah, that was expected, but the way we you know, the Canada looked was was good. But I'd like going to the game, like just I think sticking with the way the personnel was okay. I think Godinho didn't have his by far his best game in a Canada shirt. Like not even close. Like Who? Godinho. Oh, Marcus Godinho. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like him and yeah. uh Brogy are kind of alternated places in the tournament, which is good. You don't want to have that freshness, but man, oh man, it was the back pass to, to Borean. It was, and I called it. I remember I told, I told you two weeks ago that Haiti don't sleep yes. on Haiti, and they beat Costa Rica, and yeah. then then they beat Canada. Um, so it was, it was a double don't sleep on. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what do you think? It was just they they kind of just fell apart. They didn't weren't used to that attack, or what was it? I, I don't know. Part of me wonders if they they got complacent and like after Haiti beat. Um, Costa Rica, they're like, hey, we got a we got a a, a, a free pass to the semifinal, yeah. and then at halftime, they're maybe feeling that even more because they were up by two, and they're like, hey, you know, let's just ease ease off a bit, let's just see the game out. But that, I mean, the 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 poor Gardino, like the back back pass was awful, yeah. like it was terrible. But and and it, it, but I think worse was his the challenge that gave away the penalty. That w- that was even I think worse because. To be fair, but I think he was like because the back pass you want really wanted to trying make to make up, up for style, it. Yeah, but you don't make up yeah, with a two footed challenge. Two-footed tackle yeah, in the well, area. Yeah, blood but rushes to the head. I was either one. I, and as much as the third goal was good, if you're Haitian, it was not great defending. No, by Canada. like I, I didn't. You know, I wasn't trying to say that no, it, was, no. it was just a good, good finish. But like, there's nothing you really could have done in the the two nothing sense of let's shut the game down. Like, I don't think they made any substitutions at halftime to look ahead to the next game. Like. They came out in the second half and played. No, I just meant mentally. Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. You have two nothing lead. Is- did they need this wake up call uh, just to remind them that it won't be easy in games like this, like like they had against Cuba and Martinique, even though Martinique wasn't that easy of a game? But did they need this wake up call to show you know you can't just sleep on opponent just because they might not be considered a top team. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I- the Mexico game, like. Despite again, despite the shirt, I think it, you know it. It was an awakening call. I think the result was expected, but they you know we were able to bag a goal. It kept it three one, but I don't know if you know this is a wake up call. I think it's more of just unfortunate that 
Canada is still, you know, growing pains right now. And yeah, Zach, do you have an opinion on the matter? No, uh, do they, I don't think they needed one, Steve. But uh, in one sense, yeah, you'd rather this kind of blip during a Gold Cup as opposed to World Cup qualifying. Yeah, take nothing away, like. Take nothing away from Haiti. They are oh. may not be the most skilled team, but man, they work hard. You see yep. every game, well, like in the, the quarterfinal they play, or the, the game, se- yeah, semifinal against yeah. Mexico. They yeah, they, they, they gave hard. Mexico a run for it. They yeah. had a crossbar late on. Well, yeah, even going back to I think 2016. I think 20, I'm, maybe I'm the wrong. The Gold Cup. The Gold Cup. 2017. No, 2016. There was no Gold Cup. 2017. 2017. No, sorry. 27. 2016. When they did the unified Copa. Oh, Oh, yes, yes. So I saw Haiti play Peru in Seattle. I'm pretty sure it was Haiti. Yeah, it was Haiti. And they, and they, and Peru only won 1 0. And it was partly because Peru was a little bit off, but I was a little bit impressed with that Haiti held them off so much. But so there's a bit of team spirit there and like a bit of, you know, coming together. But uh, I mean, both both the men's and the women's teams in these tournament ultimately went two and two. Yeah. Uh, so they they deserve to be where they they were in the yeah. end, not nowhere near the top. Uh, the I just I'm gutted for someone like Atiba. Yeah. Like I like I just feel so bad if this is his last game or this is his last significant you know competition he's in or contribution he makes. I just feel so bad for him. And again, he too gave an interview afterward and like smooth yeah you know like whatever like just like it was another interview but i i i I, one i hope he gets to go out on a better note than this and uh but i'm just i'm sad for him and a couple of older guys yeah the semifinals happened for the gold cup obviously the final today and it was all surrounded by mls games which is so stupid like why do you schedule your games on the semifinal days in the final days like it's it's absolutely stupid it's like because of the 4th of July cuz teams yeah, played on still, Thursday and then you have to play I understand that they, they want to get but you don't do it How is many that, teams played today it was only 6 or 3 3, eight, three games. games No there were 4 games wasn't there because Orlando and Philadelphia or, was well, postponed yeah, or something like that or, But whatever the case is uh what what are you guys thought did you guys watch the game against yeah. uh, and how what what were your thoughts on that one uh, quick thoughts. I was not disappointed. I mean, I, very rarely do I cheer for Gideon's Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't <laughs> cheering for them, but uh, I was okay that, that they they scored a goal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would imagine how... It's good to see Josie Altador miss a, like a... Like a yeah, hole out of there early in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he should have... It was a great, great move, but yeah, yeah he should have scored. Uh, imagine how unbearable it would have been if America won two finals in one day. Not not bearable. I I think the Americans should you know their favorite spot in the Soldier Field Stadium is row ZZ because that's how many shots they hit up in in the the rafters at Soldier Field. So it, it was a good game. I think Mexico deserved to win given their second half performance. And if you look at the goal again, like the DeSantos finish, very underestimated. Stu Holden pointed this out, but he got the ball out of his feet so quickly to finish. I thought it was a good goal, but he plays for the Galaxy, so I you know I don't respect him there. But the goal for Mexico is. But good. he's your Mexican brother. Chicharito wasn't playing the tournament, so I guess. Uh, yeah. Those who are, um, uh, Gideon is wearing a nice, uh, was it 2018 World, World Cup. Cup? Green Adidas Mexican Chicharito. Javier Hernandez Chicharito jersey. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's another Gold Cup. We'll, Come and gone. We Another six months before the next Gold Cup or something? Oh, I don't know. How, like 24 year, months. Two years. Two years. Uh, two years. Two years too, 2021. Yeah. I thought they were going like, to make it quicker so they could get another tournament. <laughs> they should. 
Um, so uh, that's uh, that's the Gold Cup. Uh, obviously, Canadian men's and women's. Uh, not a great year for them, but we'll see what happens next. I mean, they, at least the men have the League of Nations to go through, and then the women have the Olympic Cuba, qualifying. Cuba and uh, the U.S. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and Toronto, uh, though. Sad days. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, so uh, after the break, we'll talk about a few things on CPL, Copa America, and MLS. Was uh, vacation by the Go Go's. Reason why we have that on because that was part of the credit scene um, in the new Spider Man movie. Yeah, yeah. Did and you enjoy? Wa- it? Yeah, you watched it twice in the same day. Twice on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> twice watched, on opening day. I watched it once. IMAX, no 3D, and then AVX 3D. Oh yeah, okay. I watched AVX, not no 3D. I yeah. don't. I don't like 3D. I don't like 3D either. Uh, but uh, good movie, I thought. I enjoyed it's enjo- it. It's enjo- it was enjoyable. Yeah. I like don't know all the. It's hard. It, it was. It, it's a good movie to come out after uh, Endgame. Yeah, like because light, light. yeah, you don't like. It's, I remember no spoilers. Are we allowed to spoil? No, 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 no spoilers. spoilers. For Endgame, no, no, yeah. don't even do Nothing, Endgame. Anything. It's not worth it. Um, but um, like for example, there was one year where they did a big event movie, and then they had Ant Man come yes. on afterwards. Which, uh, that's what you guys want. Yeah, exactly. Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, but there were some uh, pretty big things going on in Spider Man though that should elevate what's, what's going to happen next. Yeah, well, the, some of the things are pretty obvious if you like watch the other movies carefully. Yeah, but I'm not a big fan of one the mid credit scene. If you know, I, I enjoyed who showed up in it, but I'm not a big fan of some of the stuff. We'll talk about it after the show. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it after because I'm going to spoil stuff if I mention it. Okay, so uh, I know what you're, I know what you're talking. About. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. who showed up? Yeah, of course I know who showed up. That was that was interesting. I did not see that coming. Yeah. But I think it, it, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But um, the one, the, one, <laughs> the one thing I will say is I don't like I I, I have really have be, become a big enjoyer of the cinematic universe. Yeah, I was not a comic book person growing up. Yeah, at, I was at all. Yeah. So I went to this movie, and so like Mysterio is in this movie. Okay, and I like resisted the oh. urge to like Google him about oh, okay. about his story, and I'm glad I did. So if yeah. you or you're not a comic book person, don't like Google these people beforehand yeah, yeah. and hear their backstories and how things played out in the comic books. Just go and enjoy them. Yeah, I knew I knew what was going on. Okay, so uh, well, I, I knew partly what was going on, but I didn't know how much of I didn't know how the details of it. And had I known that, I might have not. I had the whole movie like 
I, I, I knew what was going to happen every step of the way, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting live from the CITR FM studios at the University of British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam territory. Let's get to the CPL. Uh, we talked about it before. You talked to actually Marco about it. Thoughts about the first half of the season? Obviously, Calvary won it. Uh, who's surprised and who's disappointed on the pitch? And you can even mention off the pitch if you wanted. Like, sure. what things you liked about off the pitch or on the pitch? Well, I was just going to say, Zach and and I were at the first uh, ever Pacific game in uh, in April. Um, Everyone but you, Steve, humble brag. AFTN was that we was popped that our uh, Pacific cherries that that day. <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, like first game quality, you know, maybe wasn't there, um, but the environment just. Just like for me, it was just incredible. Like you go to Whitecaps games, yeah, it's it's you know it's good. But when you're so close to the field and you have the supporters to your right, you have food trucks, you have way too loud music in the background playing before the game that puts you to you know deaf. Um, it's it's enjoyable. People that you know are able to make the trip over should you know cheap tickets, parking is is pretty feasible. Um, I know I sound like I'm probably you know marketing Pacific right now. No, but, but then you, they, also, they also have shuttles coming in from different parts of the. Yeah, I mean, they have a couple of sponsorships with cl- uh, like bars or something like that that they, they shuttle people in back yeah. and forth too. So it's it's a. I agree from what I've seen on t- uh, on TV on on online and everything because you can only watch it online. No, there's games on TV sometimes. Yeah, uh, we have to be able to really find it. Um, the 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 atmosphere on most of the games um, are pretty good. I haven't seen a lot of the games out east because it's just too early. Halifax is sweet. Yeah. yeah they're, oh, they're no, they, cool. I, I like their setup too. Um, so it, I think it's a fantastic thing. But what, like, is there anything that you would want them to? You, I know you asked Marco about it. But what about you, Zach? What, what, what are some of the things you would like to change? Uh, I would have wished just I could have used my season ticket at Pacific War before. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know. It's not just the, it's more of the logistics or like the time. Um, not some, I mean, it's not cheap either, but I, I, I definitely gave me, uh, gives you more respect for like the Georgia Strait supporters and the yeah. people who come over for MLS games from, from the island. No, I, I like that, that day was great. Like it was amazing. And then having gone back this last week, uh, this last Monday in Canada day for the game, um, the stadium uh, has improved. Builds more built. I've seen it online. Yeah. Line. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the roof's on that one part, and then the whole other, the other end is has being seats built. Seats now, yeah. There's going to be more b- boxes in there. Um, so, so it was similar. It was Canada Day, so there's a lot of people like who leave the island or go away or do stuff. So it was only like two, two and a half to 3,000. So it wasn't like whatever it was, five or six for that opening game. Um, but it was still, there was still a good turnout yeah there's still good turnout there's still like yeah good atmosphere it's 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 better than like swan garden usl like okay. everything's better like the stadium's better uh the proximity is better the closest the tightness the feel the stadium the uh obviously the pitch is turf so that sucks but um <laughs> and very small too very small it's not, it's not it feels bad. feels small. I mean, it's not it's not like New York City. No, 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 today. no, no. But it's yeah. Anyways, uh, I think I think it's just the way it's set up. It looks makes makes it look small because yeah. you're so intimate. And you're so like I like I yeah. I've enjoyed my two two times I've gone over there, and I hope to go uh, a number more times in the the, the fall the the Clausura season. The the league as a whole, yeah. I mean, it's had its growing pains. There's things that I think they're doing well. Uh, things that you know they definitely can improve on uh i still get to connect with some you know different voices from uh who are involved in some of the supporter stuff from around the league and around the country uh you know 
yeah, they, they've made some missteps. Uh, they've done something well. Uh, like any other league, some uh, FOs and owners are probably better at some things than uh, than others. So those kind of things. In terms of on the field, I don't know. I think like the level of play has been uh, probably a little bit above where I thought it was going to yeah. be. Yeah, like we're like it, thinking college, you know, quality. But there's some people signing. mentioned VMSL level. That's what a lot of yeah, people were saying. I think that so was too far fetched. That, that, but a lot of people were mentioning this is going to be. I don't VMSL. think it's that level. Do you? No, no, no I don't. No, okay. I think it's better. I was saying before the season started, well, people were thinking, "Oh, it's going to be yeah. VMSL level," but it's not. One thing that I know you've been talked about, you've thrown around the word organic comes to mind when you're looking at the supporter culture the you know getting to the game the, the way things are set up it just feels very like feels new um whereas you go you know bc place it's already you know built stadium everything's put together um there's you know lots of supporters but this just feels like you're you go with friends you meet people there you get to know everybody it just feels like a, a closer you know community and, and like you mentioned zach it's just a lot of fun to be a part of the amazing thing about this is this is not just like a sports team in your town like you have the opportunity of like creating something and building something like, like just the traditions that some of these supporters have like started, right? Like they're laying this foundation that, you know, hopefully will last for decades, century, you know, like will go on forever, you know, in, in legend. And so it's just, it's exciting time to be a part of, be a part of uh, football culture, supporter culture in Canada. And yeah, obviously my, my biggest longing is that uh, there's a team in the lower in the For lower sure. mainland. No, see, you'll be able to go to more games then too. Yeah, and be um, more involved. How about off the pitch? Like for for example, let's look at one soccer or how the league is shaping up in in the you know the the rankings of sports in Canada. Obviously, it's not going to match at this point MLS and and CFL, and there's no way it's ever going to match NHL hockey. Like, but but it's kind of it's gotten like I've seen more ads on TSN, for example. Uh, when TSN, like in the regular ads and everything. But is it visible enough for people to grasp on? Like, for example, one soccer on their Twitter feed, they don't show the goal sometimes. So they show the celebration after the yeah. goal, but they won't show the goal. They don't show proper highlights. How are people supposed to notice this? And right now it's not covered by the sports uh, Sportsnet Central or, or TSN Sports Desk or whatever they hold it called. There's no so. more football people at Sportsnet. Yeah, exactly. That's an issue. Uh, we'll talk about that next week probably. But um, the, what do you think? Of, like, Obviously, it's not being covered right now by them, but you see ads for it. Like, is it a novelty right now still, or do you think it's moving up there? I think it's moving up, but just talk about um, one, one soccer here, Media Pro. I love the coverage. Like I love that they're doing the Chinese Premier or Chinese Soccer League. I like that they're doing the, the Canadian national teams. But the problem I have, just being a broadcaster, is that don't like they're not having people at the stadium broadcasting the game. Like the first game they Pacific, have, yeah, yeah, they like the Pacific has had it a couple of times. But you know, guys are in the studio when they're doing the CPL game, and later they're doing commentary for TSN. Like that to me doesn't feel when we talk about organic. Doesn't feel organic to me. Like you want, you'll know when people are there or not. Like you see it on TSN sometimes, yeah, it gets frustrating, but you just feel like you're there when, you know, the announcers are, you can tell they're in, in the stadium and they, they see a lot more, they don't miss stuff. Um, but to me, like, that's the only problem I've had with, with one soccer and that they've been very good with the coverage. But as Steve mentioned, sometimes they miss goals, but I think just overall at first, you know, start basically well, startup league. They don't miss goals. They just, I know, they're they, not they putting do it on purpose yeah, in yeah, order yeah, so people yeah, sign yeah, up exactly. for it. Yeah. But that, I don't know if that works, man. You need to... 
But they you don't play have highlights show, later. You don't, you don't have to show the build-up, but in, in, the immediate thing. So if you put, put the immediate goal, then somebody might want to tune in right away yeah. and jump on right away. But you can't. You, you have but, to show the, the goal immediately because it just gets people excited for it. Otherwise, highlights may be, what, four or five hours afterwards? Nobody's really paying attention at that point. It's gone. Do you, want, do you think it's wise if they did every goal, Steve? They should do some of the big ones. Okay. They, they definitely should. Like, all the other leagues do goals right away. Like, even if, even in uh, FIFA does uh, with the World Cup, they do goals right away but, now. I mean, they you're don't, not they paying don't for a subscription for the World Cup. Is oh, I don't understand that. But what I'm saying is that they still release the information. You still you have to get people on yeah. board. You just can't hide everything hoping they subscribe. You have to show something in order to get somebody coming in. I was so excited uh, recently at the news from the league that – they departed with, you know, probably the least loved member of their staff when uh, Kurt Larson left uh, Canadian Premier League. And then at the same time, I was really sad when I heard that he's now working for Media Pro for, <laughs> for, one, for one soccer. Oh, now he's a on-air. He's a pundit. On-air personality, yeah. yeah. Well, well. I like some of the people they have on there. You got to take good, the good with good. the bad, I guess. <laughs> or bad with the good. Let's move on to MLS. Uh a lot of games, obviously, this week uh, between Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, they really wanted to pack some games in for the you know the everybody's days off and, and down south with the July Fourth weekend. Uh, some interesting games this week. It, like, I'm just going to shoot some off, for, especially early in the week. You got New York City uh, trouncing Seattle, but then they lost today to Portland. Chicago uh, beating five, uh, Atlanta five one, and then LAC. We talked about them. They defeated uh, Sporting Kansas City in. Kansas City 5-1. FC Cincinnati's first win in, after six straight losses. Um, apparently, they're now they're looking to hire a coach for an 18-month contract, and people were criticizing that because they just want to get rid of some some of their bad contracts so they can rebuild when the, the 18 months is over. It's kind of a weird system there. Definitely culture is not an issue there. Uh, Minnesota. So, yeah, so they're hiring him for 18 months? Apparently, there's there, there was something on Twitter. I saw it very quickly, and uh, there were some uh, retweets and like commentary afterwards that they're looking to hire a coach for 18 months. This coach or oh, the no, interim guy? Whoever the, the next coach is. What coach is going to sign an 18-month contract? I don't know. Uh, that's that's what they're talking about. This is, doesn't look good for them because no. they're trying to wait till they have some people on contract for 18 months like maybe Addy or something like that, and they don't want to clear that off. So then they bring in a coach, and he brings in new players. Right. So I don't know what they're what's I was going really on. happy. They got the win after Kendall came back from the Gold Cup. Yeah. It was, it was good to see them break that streak. Um, Minnesota has got, picked up six points this week, uh, two straight, two well, wins. Boxy got a goal. Yeah. Did you see that? Boxy yeah. got a goal. I saw that. That was, a, that was an unexpected. Yeah. Except for Colorado and Vancouver, I think played only one game each. Every t- Western team picked up at least three points. So, you know, what are we? What do you think of this week? And were you able to keep up with it, considering how many games there were? It was a weird weekend. I know uh, New England and Colorado had a significant weather delay, as did Columbus and Orlando, and Philadelphia was rescheduled. So, and then the blowouts as well. So, just a, a weird weekend in MLS, but you know, a regular one, um, I think. No thoughts? <laughs> you didn't get a chance to watch anything? Uh, no, I watched some. Yeah. The Atlanta game I thought was quite shocking. Soccer yeah. United Marketing. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were some definitely some interesting results. Uh, it was not, the, the, the table does not look for good for Vancouver. No, not at this point. Uh, I mean, unless they want to like really live out that whole underdog thing. Yeah. So they, like, they're giving everyone a chance to get far ahead so they can chase them. 
I don't know. I keep on looking and seeing Montreal so high in the east, and I'm it's just w- like, it's weird. It's w- yeah, it without, is weird. I don't think Piatti is back yet, or he might and, just still be working. And, his and way the back. thing is with him, with Montreal, is is they've lost games horribly. Yeah, and then they win games too. I don't, I guarantee you their goal differential isn't They're that good. Young team this year, they've signed some good young players. So. Um, let's go move on to the Copa America final. Another final today, too many in one day. No, okay, okay. Can we talk about that for one second? Okay. Because I agree, yeah. In one sense, like, there are some downsides to having these three finals in one day. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, American and you want to try, and you're rich and you want to go to both. <laughs> it's, it was not possible. I don't think that was physically possible. I don't think you were going to get into the Gold Cup final anyways. There's a lot of Mexicans there. They bought out a lot of tickets. It was a home game, basically, for Mexico. But, yeah, okay. So aside from that, not being able to go to all of them, I, I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. Like, I thought it added to the to the day. I mean, aside from the MLS, like taking away the MLS games, yeah. you had these three massive games, and even though they were on the same day, they were scheduled so you could watch them all with yep. a little bit of yep. a break. No, no, there was, like, a, there was definitely a good setup that way. I just didn't have time to watch any of them today. Yeah. Brazil obviously beat Peru 3-1. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gabriel uh, Jesus did not in, in, wasn't on the pitch for the end of it because he got a red card and then he Pretty, really lost. He set it. up the opening that was a goal. Beautiful ball. Like yeah, no, he, he he. I think he got a goal and he assist. Set up, he set up the a first goal, goal and assist and a red card. Yeah, yeah. that's um, a Gordy Howe hat trick. Well, that was an elbow. <laughs> Brazil just made it now. A goal, assist, and a fight or something. Call like out that. the Neymar hat trick or something. But he fought with the VAR uh, booth there. He knocked that elbow. Yeah. Over. He fought the VAR and the VAR. I won. wish we could all do that sometimes. What did you? What are your thoughts on that game? It was a predictable one for them. Peru is is becoming a good South American team. I find they uh, they're not an Argentina, or, you know, Brazil or Chile. But, but they ro- a lot of those teams rotate in South America. You always have yeah. the Uruguay, uh, Brazil, and Argentina are the top three normally, and then you have everybody kind of rotate. Everybody has their moment. Uh, Chile is not not everyone. Not everyone, but most like there's like three, four. The next three, four teams kind of kind of rotate in, in and out. Like Venezuela will have a good one, or Colombia will have a good stretch and stuff like that. So Venezuela, Boliv- it's been a long time since Bolivia. Had no, a I'm not one. saying Bolivia. I never even mentioned Venezuela. That would be everyone, good, yeah, because of one player. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I wanted Peru to you know overcome uh, Brazil. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Today I was Holland, Holland, Peru, and Mexico, and only Mexico won. But uh, I thought that I thought they I thought they did respectable in, yeah. in, in this game. I thought the penalty was a un, unlike some of the other. I thought well, sorry. I thought okay. I thought their penalty was good. I thought the Brazil penalty at the end was not a penalty either. Just like the American one of the, in the women's World Cup final, not a penalty. That was not a penalty. The ball was gone. It was shoulder to shoulder. I know it was kind of like a a, a hip uh, like a shoulder, che- shoulder yeah. check or mm-hmm. whatever. But like it was, that was weak, weak to me, and I felt bad because that was Zambrano, and Zambrano is the guy who fell down that let Jesus score the yeah that the just winning goal. That cold play was, I was up in arms. I was so furious with that. But it's it's soccer, so I mean, what what else can you? Do? But yeah, I think Peru. There's a couple of molesters on Peru. I was rooting for them. They've been good for the past three years, so I was hoping they could pull it out, but. Unfortunately, not against the mighty Brazil, who seemed to be playing a B squad, but were still very dominant. Yeah, and according to Messi, it was uh, picked to win the team by the the actual confederation. Um, he had some strong comments after Saturday, where he basically seemed sound. Basically, it's somebody that would mention about Concacaf. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's somebody that, that, that would no. They were basically saying he was basically saying that uh, br- the the federation bas- picked Brazil and put them in the best position. 
Although they're the, he said this after he got the red card. I think his second second ever red card in his career. First um, was his ever first ever game for Argentina. Yeah, so, so that was time frame. Yeah, maybe this will be his last game for Argentina. It's interesting to see like the, his comments. Uh, obviously, out of frustration, probably it came probably came right after the game. I'm assuming. Well, the game would have been on probably Saturday. Th- the game was, it was Saturday. Thir- it, 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 he oh, the third place game. Yeah, the yeah, third yeah, place game yeah. was on Saturday, so we mentioned it after that. Yeah. So, um, but they shot back saying that why would? And the thing is, you think of it, why would they want their the best player that's in the federation not to be in the final? You, if they were if they were like Concacaf, they would have Argentina and Brazil in the final, like they set up Mexico and U.S. in the final every year. Were his comments mostly about his sending off? No, there general. was a little bit of sending off, but mostly about you know the, the Brazil being picked to win the just complaining in general. Yeah. Well, general. It's, it's not like there's been no corruption in football. So yeah, when you're him, it's almost like safe to say something like that. Like yeah. no one's gonna like no one's gonna find you, refute you, yeah, or yeah, no one's gonna rag on you that yeah. hard because it's like oh yeah, you know, people could be like oh I could see that happening. Yeah, but the thing the thing was with him too is like people consider him the greatest player, but he he hasn't really elevated. A team, his national team, to prominence like other players have. Are you basing that off international, the best player? Or are you basing that off club? Club wise, he's, he's no, holistically. Club, yeah, club wise, he's been surrounded by the best players in the world. But they still can't get to Champions League final. Like well, they have. They won, won. They've won, won a few. They've won a few. Yeah, but recently, you know, like not for a few years. Now. Like three, two, three years ago, they made it against Juve. Right, twenty fifteen or something like that. Was it the, yeah, uh, but it's Berlin. been a couple of years, so I think twenty fifteen. Is that twenty? Was ago? it was in uh, England, wasn't it? It was in no, England. it was in Germany. Germany, okay. It was at the Olympiastadion von Berlin. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I think you have to look at it holistically, and I agree that it's he is missing the the trophy, the international trophies, because aside trophy. from winning them as a U twenty player when he was like seventeen or whatever. Uh, yeah, I can't remember when he last won something for for Argentina. Oh, he might have won something else. I can't remember, but it's, yeah, he has he, he hasn't done it on the big stage with Argentina. And that'll be another show for us. So we'll end it right there on uh, sadness of Messi not winning anything for his country. So, so tonight was a, a, the short show. Yeah, it was short show. <laughs> um, uh, where can everybody find you at? For me, it's at Zachary Am and uh, on Twitter, and I'm a part of the movement Curver Collective. Uh, for me on Twitter, it's at underscore Gideon Hill. And uh, for me, it's at Whitecaps Beat. And obviously, you can find, uh, follow AFTN at AFTN Canada. That's it for this week. What Anything? Give a shout out to uh, oh, sure. yeah, John O'Flynn um, for his North Van FCU 13 boys, team for winning the Provincial A Cup over Burnaby 4 1 today. Uh, and a wee shout out to Mountain United U17 boys who will travel to the Canada Cup Club Championships in PEI. Um, so. Congrats to them. And as well, if you're a TSS Rovers or fan or supporter or UBC follow, I have an article up on Zach Verhoeven, their midfielder, who also plays for Pacific. So make sure to check that out as well. Oh, and his return to UBC and stuff like that, right? Well, yeah. we, I read, we I read to, that, yeah. You're yet to know, but yeah. So we'll see. So anything we've learned today, Zach? I learned that Gideon is a Chicharito fan. <laughs> That's excellent. Something you won't know unless I come to the podcast. So, you know. so I also want to uh, give a shout out to Michael. Michael will be, uh, should be back next week. Um, we're hoping it was a pretty sad, you know, news of the Bailey passing away. That, that's the reason why he hasn't been able to because it was dealing with that up to that point. Uh, very tough to deal with when you spend fifteen years with somebody so close and everything. And so we're and he's. Him and Caitlin are very appreciative of everybody sending their, you know, well wishes to them and everything and condolences. So 
it's gonna be tough next time I go to the house and not seeing Bailey there yeah. at the house. We're gonna miss Predict a Pooch. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's another episode uh, for There's Still Time. Uh, but uh, and so we'll say our final goodbyes here. In the meantime, and in between time, that's another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Join us next week. Goodbye. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.